Hi, I'm Lauren Hunter. And I'm Kate Vlasic. And this is Generation BSC, our episodic deep dive into the Babysitter's Club one book at a time. And this week, we are up to our first super special episode. Yay! Super special number one, Babysitter's on Board, exclamation point. Yes, this one does go for the exclamation point right in the title. Super exciting. Um... So, want to dive right in by, let's see what it's all about? Sounds good. Okay. I'll take it to, take us to the back of the book. <laughs> uh, this super special was released in July 1988 and was written actually by Anne M. Martin. So, our back of the book. Christy, Marianne, Stacy, Claudia, and Florida are the luckiest babysitters in the world. I'm going to interrupt you right there. You read the line underneath. <laughs> For the last name. Did I say Florida and not Florida John? is not one of the babysitters in the Babysitters Club. Shocking but true. So let's rewind. Take Start over. Um, I would say we can edit that out, but it's no, too funny not to. No, that's 100% That's not going it. anywhere. Okay. <clears throat> Take two. Christy, Marianne, Stacy, Claudia, and Dawn are the luckiest babysitters in the world. This summer they're going on the greatest trip ever. A plane ride to Florida, a boat trip around the Bahamas, and then three days of fun in Disney World. Of course they have a million adventures. Claudia gets notes from a mysterious secret admirer. Christy, Marianne, and Stacy make some unusual new friends. And Dawn has her first real romance. And they still have time for what they like to for what they like best of all. Babysitting. <laughs> That's their favorite thing. Favorite thing in the whole world. So usually this is when we jump into our description of the book. But since this is a super special, we have sort of been trying to figure out what we were going to do to make it super special. And we landed on having a special guest. So Yay! for everyone listening, you've probably heard us mention our friend Katie Schneller. And she is our first special guest. So Katie, welcome to the podcast. Hello. <laughs> this is really awkward. It is a little strange. It, it, it takes some, some getting used to. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a coat. Okay, well, I'm going to have to talk for the rest of this, so I'm sorry. Um, so, Katie, I guess if you want to just give us your origin story, as we were saying before we started recording, when it comes to Babysitter's Club, our friendships, you know, any okay. other backstory you want to give? Yes. So, I know Lauren and Kate because of the University of Dayton. Well, I know Lauren, we've known each other for 20 years because we met in high school. We were friendly in high school, but we didn't get really, like, close, close until no. college. Um, so I met met when we were 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went to – I went to – well, I went to, like, the third girls' school. So she's referenced the other girls' school <laughs> in Cincinnati. I went to a different one, not the other one. That's true. So in my part of town, there were two primary, but there were actually – I went what, to the one, like, like downtown. Yeah, but there were, like, even more other girls' schools that – There were three on our side of town. There's Seton, Mercy, and Macaulay on the west, which I believe Mercy is closed now. It, right, and the two near me were MND and Ursuline, mm-hmm. and you went to Ursula. So I went to St. Ursula. St. Ursula. So that's, that's how many girls – just girls Catholic high schools there yep. are in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yep, 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 yep. So, yep. so many. But we did theater together at one of the, the boys, many local boys, boys schools. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> so that's how I know Lauren. Kate and I never actually overlapped at UD, but no. because she and Lauren became friends, because Lauren's a year older, um, introduced us. Yep. And then when I moved to Cleveland, I insisted we be friends. <laughs> Um, so that's that. But then when it comes to Babysitter's Club, I was always a big Babysitter's Club fan. Um, I read one when I was, like, probably too young for the demographic because my mom was reading me chapter books. And we just got it from the library. And it was one where Marion and Logan are relatively serious at that point. And 
she has him come over while she's babysitting. And did, I can't remember if they kissed or what happens, oh but my mom was not. <laughs> Gandy. My mother was not pleased for like eight-year-old, nine-year-old me. Like that is, that you should not do that when you're babysitting, like all that stuff. And then, but then when we had like the Scholastic Book Fair. Yeah. Um, oh, that was where I got all of the my. The best ba- oh, yeah. day of the year. All of my Babysitter's Club books. So I read them in whatever order Scholastic sold them in, mm-hmm. um, along with Boxcar Children and Nancy Drew. Um, those were my GM. And everything I know about babysitting, I literally like modeled everything. I, ha- I had like a, the kid box. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kid kit. The kid kit. I had one of those. <laughs> like you mentioned about like the tell me about your drawing. Like yep. I have done that since I read that like to kids. So we're very excited to have Katie here today for a lot of reasons, not the least of which because Katie has been sending us episode reviews directly. Um, <laughs> not reviews. No, not so much. Thoughts. Her, her comments. Responses to her, what we say, um, which and, is why it's going to be interesting that she's here because a lot of her texts are how she disagrees with what we <laughs> exactly. say, which is nice because Lauren and I usually tend to be on similar wavelengths. Exactly. So we'll have a voice of opposition. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how much I... Some of it is disagreement. And some of it is just my natural inclination to play devil's advocate. Which is very true. And yes, one of the reasons Kate and um, Kate's husband and Katie get along so very well. Yes, very Um, true. So we know the Kate and Katie thing can get a little confusing. I'm wearing my sweatshirt. She is. They have have special sweatshirts that say the Kates because all of our friends have some variation of Kate in their name. Yeah, Um, that's accurate. So I often refer to Katie as Schneller by her last name. So that will probably happen probably um just to keep it a little bit less confusing and if i say katie it's obviously not me talking to myself (laughs) fair enough and i well lauren's just lauren lauren doesn't that's usually how the introductions there's nothing that compares (laughs) there'd be like bars it'd be like here's kate katie mary kate and lauren Oh, now we're going to have another Alexis. Yeah, we're so adding we're another Alexis. Find, we need another Lauren now. Yeah, we need to, like, full house. keep expanding. Well, and to be... Oh, also, I refuse to have more Katie's. I called them Claudia. Oh, I remember this. Yes, this happened. Because um, of Babysitter's because Club. Because of Babysitter's Club. Very So, cool. so before yes. we jump into the book, though, I have to ask Katie, which babysitter are you? Yes. And did that change? What, um, so, first of all, I resent Mallory. Um, <laughs> because I have... A naturally red curly hair and wore glasses all through adolescence until college is when I started wearing contacts regularly. So I resent Mallory. Um, we're really going to need to get a, a Mallory apologist on this podcast. We, we're going to give we're gonna no. Need to give once a voice. we once we like go like once I read them like along with listening, I might feel differently I because will I say, think I've, my perspective is changed. I've started changing already. Me too. I've Although I, one of my notes from this book, just before we dive into that completely, like. I hate the fucking bunny face that she draws under her name. <laughs> yes, the bunny face. Because, oh, like, in these so books, on, in the physical books, at the top of the page, on every page, it says whose chapter it is. So if it's a Mallory, I see Mallory on oh. every single page during her chapters, and it has a little fucking bunny face underneath, <laughs> and it just makes me angry. <laughs> I do, I am warming up to Mallory, but that just, like, every time I saw it, it was like, okay, I hate you again. <laughs> right? So of the core four... I always loved Claudia, which is a given. And right. my favorite Claudia outfit of my own was uh, white shorts, overalls with uh, multicolored striped tights and a multicolored striped t-shirt. So that, rainbow bright? No, it was like it was not like neon. Okay, I, it was like I, I'm pretty sure I got it from the Delia's catalog. Oh, I that would make sense. And um, and then um, Doc Martin boots with that. I wore that to babysit, and yep. I felt so cool. Um, that is too funny. But also Mary Marianne. The mix, oh, yeah. A mix of those two. 
That's so funny that you mentioned Delia's because I am wearing today a sweater that I bought solely because it has thumb holes, which was in its in the bottoms of the sleeves, which was always a Delia staple. All of their long sleeve shirts had that, um, and because and of that Party of Five, because of Jennifer yeah, Love well, Hewitt. Yes. Well, there's. I was actually shockingly enough not a huge Party of Five person. Neither was I. I just remember that. She, she always had yeah, super long, long sleeves. sleeves. I, I didn't even remember that. Um, I don't I'm know why. I'm not even sure I've seen an episode of that show. I definitely yeah. have. And it I like seems, skipped over it somehow. Yeah, it seems very much in my wheelhouse. That might be a fun like project to take on to do when we're looking for something. Mm-hmm. Although there's too much entertainment that's coming out now. Very true. It, 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 it's so hard to keep up. Um, especially as we've noted here, because I am a completist, I have a very hard time like stopping something mm-hmm. even if I'm like this is not for me if I get to a certain point I yeah. feel like I need to know how it ends I'm getting better Netflix um, now sends you like emails like don't forget to finish this and I'm like lay off I'll get to the <laughs> end of the witcher when I have time <laughs> yeah I haven't even got I haven't even started the witcher it's good but like I can't I have the book I need to pick up at the library tomorrow but um I can't like do anything else on my phone because I don't know the backstory. I never so played the game, so I'm like... You have to focus. I, I have to focus, which isn't so hard when it's Henry Cavill. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> there are worse things to focus on. Um, I did just watch The Circle, though, and enjoyed it way more than it's I expected like to. real-life Black Mirror. I can't do it. Um, yeah, it was not something that appealed to me. I did watch all of Next in Fashion in, like, Oh, how was that? Days. I really liked it. I want to watch that. Yeah. Um, I... It was much more focused on actual fashion and designing and less on, like, drama, and which I really good. appreciated. I'm I, I on a was, rewatch of Sex and the City. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was in Pop Culture Happy Hour that they noted that it was less a focus on, like, getting it done and more a focus on what the actual design mm-hmm. is, which I, I, I appreciate. Because, yeah, I love the, the fact that, that on Project One where they can, like, whip together these amazing mm-hmm. things in two days... I do appreciate, like, I want to see what they can do when they have some time. Well, it's still only, like, a day or two. Oh, okay. But I think that I would be not surprised to find that they have, like, people helping them behind the scenes. Gotcha. Like, cutting patterns. Because, like, there's, in one of the episodes, one of the designers said something about, like, a pattern maker. And I was like, that makes more sense. And they're definitely, when they're putting together the designs, there are, like, pattern cards of, like, like, this piece goes here like gotcha, so there's gotcha. there's like gotta be got like a yeah, yeah, yeah there's gotta be more going on than just the designer themselves or like because the show starts with them in like pairs and they work gotcha. in pairs for like four or five episodes and so it's like they help each other then so there's clearly a team then but i do think there's something else going there's, on that make that would make sense yeah oh, sorry sad. to hear that um, well, we should probably start talking about the yes. book at some point. This is the danger of entering a, right. one of our... Adding th- another person into the mix. Especially of this trio that has been friends for so long that we can pretty much talk, talk about, about anything. anything. Yeah, when we were prepping this, um, Schneller was a little concerned, like, what, are we going to have enough to talk about? And I was like, I feel very confident. <laughs> pretty sure we three can make of us it can, work. can come up with something to talk about for a, a, an hour. Yes. Um, so I guess maybe we do our description of the book at yeah. this point just to kick off the conversation. So for anyone who maybe hasn't read one of these super specials in a while, the way that these books are set up, there is each chapter is narrated by a different or told from a different person's perspective. I guess narrated is right mm-hmm. since it's first person perspective, um, kind of like Game of Thrones. It's very Game of Thrones, um, which is a sentence I never <laughs> thought I would say. Only in from earnest, that very specific perspective. <laughs> the, the books themselves and how they are narrated Can is you very imagine? similar to Game It's like of a Thrones. cruise ship bloodbath. 
Oh my god, I love this. Can we please write? Karen would win. Can we need we need a fan fiction crossover of uh, the Babysitters Club in a Game of told Thrones Told in style. the style yeah. of Game of Thrones. Oh my god, god, Karen would absolutely. The triplets are the White Walkers. <laughs> Jackie Radowski is just like a chaos agent. He wasn't like, on the board. He wasn't, he wasn't on the board. He wasn't on the we board. can't rewrite right. the story right. of Jackie Radowski. I don't know. If Alexand- Alexandra like, would be the agent fair. of... Alexandra would be um, Littlefinger. Yeah, there we just go. like spreading lies and whispers and all of that. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm saying that to let everyone know that whereas we usually have sort of the general description of the plot and then the character specific based on whose book it is, here we have nine... So we have one overarching plot and then eight subplots for each of the narrators because... Everyone that is a narrator has at least two chapters. You, most of them have three. I think Christy has four, but that's mostly because she has sort of a wrap-up at the very end. Um, so there are more individual descriptions than usual. So do we want to, instead of like trying to do it all at once and um, maybe get a little confused, do we want to sort of break them down plotline at a time? Like just take one person's plotline, share some thoughts about it, and then go talk about it overall? I don't know. We're, we're figuring this out as we go, We too. are figuring it out. I don't know. Because a lot of these sort of, like, overlap. Okay. I, I mean, don't they know. do kind of... Well, they it does, spoiler alert, tie all together in the end. There right. are, there's no hanging mysteries that, like... Right. I wonder what happened uh, there. Um, not even in, like, a tangential way. Like, um, I, I, I always think of the Cheese Man in Restless. Yeah. The Buffy episode um, where... You know, all the dreams are, like, interconnected, but they all have the cheese man, but he doesn't actually mean anything. Mean anything. Sometimes there's just a cheese I man. I don't know. It depends on who you talk to. There is, like, all sorts of internet discourse about, like, the meaning of the cheese man, like, what he represents in each person's dream. Yeah, except that I'm pretty sure Joss Whedon said it means nothing. It, 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 exactly. <laughs> Which, I lo- that's sort of, like, one thing that I love about fandom, mm-hmm. you know, any, not even necessarily fandom, just, like books, movies, like, you can have your own interpretation. Even when someone, the person who created it says, that is not a thing, it's like, okay, but, like, I think it means something. Exactly. I mean, mean, people also think Finland doesn't exist, so, (laughs) I mean... I mean, that's... Sometimes you just have to listen to the person that created it. Um, True. True. I don't know, but I I do remember one of my very favorite college professors in in a lit class did, with you know, somebody in the class brought up, like, well, author intention, blah, blah, and she goes, you know, author intention is great. But who, the, who cares? If it means something to you, even if it's not what the author intended, um, take what you can from material. Feel it however you're going to feel it. Interpret it how you're going to interpret it. There is no right or wrong answer with how to engage with art. And if somebody tells you otherwise... So if I don't think pickles and donuts refer to sex in Ethan Frome, then like <laughs> I'm cool with that. Totally the one fine. thing I remember from sophomore English in high school, pickles <laughs> and donuts, where Edith Wharton's like veiled uh, commentary on sex. I mean, I got okay then. <laughs> we read it. I haven't done that in a while, I but I, I don't should. think no. I ever read that one. Pickles and donuts, not one that like intersected with my schooling. I, I know I read it. I do not remember it. And what whichever teacher was teaching me that one did not get into pickles and donuts. I can tell you that that would have that would have stuck with me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, clearly. Um, Jane Eyre stuck with me. We, we had to do a project where, like, you had to do your own interpretation of a chapter, and we did a we did a movie, um, and it was the scene where his crazy wife in the attic like attacks somebody. My dad played the attacky, and he had to say the na- the line, and I will never forget. She worried me like a tigress, and he could not say it because we all just kept laughing. And we had he had ketchup on his arm. Tom Hunter. 
Oh, it boy. Was, oh, man. Uh, I, I really wish I could find that video somewhere. You should also watch Sanditon as a side note. Good to know. Jane Austen. Okay. So back, back to, to the, the book. book. Back to the book. <laughs> okay. So the ar- overarching plot of this one, uh, Mr. Pike, who is Mallory's dad, in case you forgot, uh, wins a contest at work and the prize is an all-expenses-paid trip for his family for a Caribbean cruise and three days at Disney World. They invite Stacy and Mary, along, Mary Ann along as Mar- mother's helpers again. This spurs Watson to plan a trip for the Thomas Brewer family when he finds out they've never gone anywhere further than Western Connecticut. And because he's a millionaire and, quote-unquote, couldn't split up the BSC, Claudia and Don get to come, too, on a, f- a free trip without any babysitting obligations. Uh, can you tell I think this is BS? I 100% thought that that was going to be the major conflict of the book. Like, because that happens very like early on. Go. Like, and they just sort of gloss over it. They're like, ah, they brought him along too. And I was like, oh, here we go. They, they we're going to have some, like, tension about, like, workers versus non-workers. And, you know, of course, Babysitter's Club is not going to dive into socioeconomic territories. No. Um, yeah, but adventures and excitement ensue throughout the trip where we get chapters from many perspectives as is typical for a super special. Um, okay. So Christy, I went sort of in the order of the babysitter's club hierarchy. Right. Uh, Christy meets a widower who came on the trip after losing a wife a couple, losing his wife a couple months ago. Not a wife. He only <laughs> had the one. How did you cry reading that? Not at all. I really? didn't cry yeah. at all no, during I this was kind of shocked. Yeah. Um, she was pointing at Lauren, by the way. I am a notorious crier. I am also a notorious crier. Why do you always act like I'm not? Well, you are, but she's used to me, like, watching me read books and cry on the couch. Not watching you, hearing you from the couch, (laughs) like, in you and your bedroom, and me having to, like, knock on the door and ask if you're okay. That was the book thief, by the way. Yeah, that was the book. The the book that makes me ugly cry. That's That's how it's You cry. It's just not, like... As I'm not obvious. dramatic about it. Yes. Like, there have been people in the theater saying, oh, I hope that girl's okay. She's having a time of it, like, about Lauren. Like, I, you're very um, emotive about it. I can, And I can't help it, like, as much as I try. Like, yeah. I'll, like, try to, like, hold it down. But yeah. I am uh, I'm You're a much more player. reserved with your crying. Yeah. Kate's, I'm much more reserved in all aspects. This is very true. Compared very, to very Lauren. True. Let's, let's just put that out there. I think we've covered that a, a number of a times. A number of times. That's true. When it comes to crying, I'm more quiet about it. Yeah. I ugly cry just as well as Lauren, but I am quietly ugly crying. Kate does it in a more classy way. I do it in a more snot-filled, honking way. Yeah, although I do get, like, Claire Dane's cry face is very much my cry face. That's true. Kate's got a very, uh, your face crumples much more than than mine does. Um, Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But no, I did not cry in this I didn't cry at all in this one. Mm Mm-mm. Yeah, I could have read this one in Starbucks. I didn't read this one in Starbucks. I read it on a Friday night, which we'll get to the text message that I sent you while I was yes. reading this, because there was one particular update that I'm sure was made <laughs> to yep. the electronic version. Was indeed. Was um, indeed. Yeah, so Christy meets a widower. His wife died a couple months ago. They become friends, and Christy helps cheer him up while not so subtly hinting that he should marry her grandmother, Nanny. Also, <laughs> She straight out says it. That's why I said not so subtly. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> Uh, also, Christy and Dawn have conflict because Christy is messy and Dawn is neat, and they can't get along while sharing a room. Yep. So I, I was I kept waiting for the um, the Brady Bunch uh, duct tape down the line. Room. That's probably just because they didn't, they didn't have, have it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that Dawn considered that like off camera. 
Um, okay, so Claudia has a secret admirer on the trip. During an attempt to catch him in the act, she runs into Timothy, a nice boy who ends up she, who she ends up spending time with over the rest of the trip before, shockingly, I know, finding out that he is, in fact, her secret admirer. They kiss during the fireworks on their last day at Disney World. Wait, back what? up. Her secret admirer was the boy she's been hanging out with all along? I know. Whose name I pronounced Timothy. <laughs> it doesn't have two E's on the end. Like I don't care. That's how I'm pronouncing it. I feel like Timothy's a weird name for like a kid to go by. Yeah, like, like Tim, Tim or Timmy. Timmy. He's also from Connecticut. That's true. Fair. But even still. But I like mean, his sister, Alexandra calls him Tim, I think, like at the fireworks or yeah. the parade. So maybe maybe he's trying to, like, be more sophisticated with Claudia because he likes her. Possibly. Um, okay. Stacy meets a seven-year-old boy named Mark who ha- is in a wheelchair because of a heart condition. She and Claire and Margo spend time with him on the ship and at Epcot Center and have fun while giving readers insights into how people in wheelchairs can enjoy Disney World and how one should treat them. Spoiler alert. It's the same way you should treat <laughs> anyone else. Do we think this is, like, paid promotion at all? No, I think there is a prize in the back of the book to like win a trip because there was an element. I was like, this is like a little beyond. They did describe like every single ride and all the fun things and how you could like what how like these people in wheelchairs can enjoy. Because I don't associate in the eighties with that sort of product placement. Like, but yeah, because it was more subtle than some of the stuff you see now. Like, like the cars. Like, oh, look at this feature, and you're like, shut up. Like, okay, bones, stop talking about your car. Get back to the case. Exactly what I was thinking of. Um, that was, I think that was Isn't the first great time I how I can just it. sync my phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I really need to admit when I was like, I don't think so. I thought the question you're asking was, do we think the storyline about the disabled child was paid product placement by like a disability <laughs> the ADA or something? To like, to like the American Heart Association. Yes. <laughs> and now I was like, no, I, I think they were just really invested in telling good okay, things. I would stories. hope nonprofits have better things to do with their money than like it's sponsor a plot line in a book. I don't know. I feel like that that would be a good way to like, like they, it might not be kind of partnership. I, that's what I was gonna say. I bet it wouldn't be like a sponsorship. They, they yes. wouldn't be like, hey, Anna Martin, here's yeah. some money to add. But, like, yeah, I could see, like, Scholastic in particular, because, like, they're very, like... specifically focusing on their ability to, like, accommodate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, Do we think... Well, we'll get into that. But do we think he had a heart transplant? That's what I assumed in my head. Oh, I sort of assumed, like, cerebral palsy or, um, like, cystic fibrosis or something. But those are lung diseases. Yeah. They specifically said Well, cystic fibrosis is. Oh, cystic fibrosis. I Um, don't know about cerebral palsy. See, but, like, at the end Cerebral palsy's motor. Yeah, but that wouldn't be your heart. It wouldn't be your heart. Yeah, because it's specifically a heart thing. Because they basically said, like, he's fine, except that his heart is... Mm -hmm. Overly weak. So maybe he's just in need of a heart transplant. Yeah. But, like... But the way that, like, because Stacey gets that letter from his family mm-hmm. at the end, and, like, it sounded it's a like very it quick planned, turnaround, but... though. Like, the, the surgery was definitely planned. Like, they went on yeah. this trip just in case something happened so they'd have happy yeah. memories to look back on. But I think but that would... they write the letter to her, like, like two months after they get back. And so it's, like, if it was a heart transplant, like, obviously he's not fully recovered and they acknowledge that. But they're, like, it doesn't, like, it just seems like it's too quick. You're right. For him to have had a heart transplant like, and for them to be like, yeah, I, he's like walking around. He's good. I don't, especially I know, like in I know hearts are, um, oh yeah, 88. Uh, like hearts are a much bigger thing, but like two, two people in my family have had kidney transplants mm. and she was up and walking that day Okay, and out of the hospital within 24 hours. Interesting. So now so part, maybe it was part of that is because like you're, you recover better at home and you're much more likely to pick up a secondary infection by staying in the hospital. So yeah. 
But in the 80s, I don't know how that would well, work. Well, and also, and so if you like maybe it, can you plan a heart transplant? No, but if they knew he was at the top of the list. Oh, that's true. Like, I they was, were like, we'll go now, and then... But I, I yeah. think they say, like, it's it was a plan. scheduled to do yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe it was like a... Like defibrillator a, implantation yeah, or, like, or a yeah. stun. Or, like, he had valve yeah, issues valve or issues. something. Or, um, yeah, the centrifuge doesn't, like, fully empty. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't immediately go to heart transplant because um, I did make special note. It, it was... His parents were taking him on this trip, but he wasn't a Make-A-Wish kid. Like, this wasn't sponsored by... Yeah, it was like, they just... They just wanted to... Did they wanted to even exist then? Oh, yeah. Make-A-Wish was... I don't know if it was called that, but Make-A-Wish has been around, I feel like, for a long time. Because mm-hmm. um, I think I remember it being a plot line at, like, Full House or Saved by the Bell or yeah. something. Um, I feel like our kids on vacation meeting a sick kid to, like, teach them to be grateful for what they have is a very common trope across... Oh, yeah. Very true. Um, ...kids' literature. But I thought this was a, a, a milder version of that, which I found, I don't know, notable. I don't know if it was interesting enough to mm-hmm. have a whole conversation about, but I did I did note that I was like, well, they didn't go all the way with it. Like, he could have been a, a Make-A-Wish kid. He could have been Terminal and, like, had that right. conversation. That's what, it, where I was expecting was that's going when the, parents parents like, the letter. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, not with the letter when they, like, pulled Stacey aside and were talking to her. Yeah. Oh. I was like, oh, God, he's going to die. He didn't. He didn't. He lived. He lived. Yeah. Yeah, but it definitely did when they first like started interacting. When it, when she was interacting with the parents, I was like, "Oh God, yeah, what are yeah. they going to tell her?" When they started, started like getting teary. Yeah, because like he it. was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I just have like a heart issue, so I can't like run around because I get too weak." And it's yeah. like, and then the parents are like, "Well," Actually, and it's like, "Oh God, what's yeah. happening?" <laughs> um, but luckily, it's like very quickly was like, "He's going to have surgery." We just wanted to have like this last trip in case. Something in case, case he dies. In yeah. case he dies, which, like, that's kind of dark. But, like, they don't say that specifically. It's just sort of like, we just so we have something to, of, like, look yeah. back on for happy memories or what. I was like, Ugh. I mean, good for you, but <laughs> yikes. Yeah, uncomfortable. Um, okay, so Marianne becomes mildly obsessed with a sophisticated girl she meets on the ship, Alexandra, who it turns out is the daughter of a famous singing duo and Timothy's sister, who likes to lie to get attention. <laughs> Marianne confronts her when the lies are discovered, but everything ends up fine in the end. Marianne doesn't think they'll keep in touch since she could, she could never trust Alex, but they have fun at the parade and fireworks the last day at Disney. Yep. Um, well, we'll get into some of the things that we talked about with all of these, but like... Yeah. Also in my head, their parents were Captain and Tennille. <laughs> That's sort of what, not specifically, but, like, that was what I was envisioning, too. I was, like, they have sort of, like, I think a it might kitschy, also be the boat yeah. thing. Like, I was thinking more of a, like, a Sunny and Cher type, but, like, that that's kind of works, yeah. 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 I was also calling the book Babysitter's Ahoy in my head, so, like... <laughs> <laughs> Babysitter's Ahoy. Ahoy! I mean, Babysitter's Ahoy works, too. <laughs> exclamation point. <laughs> Ahoy, Babysitter's! Exclamation point. Um, oh, yes. Okay. okay, so that was, Marianne's storyline is pretty nondescript in this one. I don't know. I very much um, surprisingly identified with Marianne in this one. Um, oh, really? Just like you did with Claudia and Claudia and the New Girls? Yeah, very much so. New Girl. Only um, one girl. But, Star of your own story. Yes, always. Um, but I even, re- I vividly remember, um, not just with girls, but like, Finding someone that I found fascinating in some way and yeah. only having a little bit of information on them, and then me becoming obsessed yeah. with um, what's the like what's the story and like coming up, they could be this, they could oh, be that, okay. like that that kind of imagination, yeah. like mm-hmm. running away with me. Um, yes, I definitely clocked <laughs> the whole. This is very much a, a girl crush. 
Um, but for me, I, I was like, okay, we tread that in <laughs> just recently. So um, I did sort of think about oh, all those times yeah. that I would. I loved, I still to this day love to people watch and mm-hmm. like, build out stories for them. And this feels very much like stuff my brother and I would do when we were little, like make up stories about who these people were mm-hmm. and like... It, I, I remember once, and I don't remember where or what we were doing, but we were at some big family party, I think, at a country club, or not a country club, but like a um, rec room type thing at somebody, maybe it's a, an apartment complex, and I remember some guy was like working out, and we had this whole story that he was like a spy trying to get into our family, and we were like <laughs> darting around looking at him, and I'm like, I'm looking back, we must have made that poor man on the treadmill so uncomfortable, but it's like, why are these children <laughs> like hiding and peeking out at me and running around? But we were very like, con- like that was our, yeah. our imagination, which, well, it actually ties in pretty well to, um, not, we're not there yet. Because I think yes. they're the least important. <laughs> We've got line. one more babysitter to get through before we jump into a very similar situation. Imagination Central. Yes. Um, so Dawn meets a quote unquote gorgeous guy with capital G's on both words, Parker, on the ship, and they end up spending a lot of time together over the course of the trip. He's on vacation with his newly blended family, his father, stepmother, and two stepbrothers. He thinks the boys are brats, but comes around after he and Dawn watch them for an afternoon at Disney World. Parker was kind of a dud. Parker sucked. Parker really sucked. And I was like, Dawn, get your standards up, girl. You're better than this. Eh, I didn't really have much opinion of it. Yeah. Well, well, other than being annoyed that she, like, completely, like, ignored the triplets when they were, like, doing their treasure hunting. But I was just like, girl. Right. Her head's, like, like, in the for five seconds. Right. Oh, no, but she wasn't babysitting. She didn't have well, to no, babysitting. Well, no, but she got the free vacation. She, yeah. <laughs> but, like, they could have needed something, and, yeah. like, she yeah. just brushed it off. And yeah, because at that point, the triplets were able to be on their own. So, like, if they were coming up to her, it could have been, like, something really we actually important. need yeah. something. Mm-hmm. So, it's a little BS that she was like, oh, Parker, <sighs> let's wander around tre- uh, Treasure Key. And I can't, I can't decide how much of that is me being annoyed at, like, that type of... Um, infatuation where like at the expense of Mm -hmm. all other nonsense i I feel like none of my girlfriends have were ever really like that i well i definitely had in like around that age group like seventh eighth grade like a friend who was like that and it annoyed the ever-living shit out of me you're right i'm thinking i'm i was thinking about like us like friends as adults none of us are like overly relationship crazy or yeah. like drop people when they started dating we've mm-hmm. all been pretty good about that um but i went back to high school and i'm like oh no i had a friend yeah. who was incredibly boy crazy and it was very obnoxious because everything was you know yeah this is the one i'm right. going to be in love with forever and yeah like, and I, I feel like it's much more like a middle school like early yeah. high school because even by like you know junior senior year i feel like people are not quite so like Oh, I have a boyfriend. I'm right. only going to... Or, like, I like this boy, and that's all I want to talk about. You know, well, like... you very quickly learn that you can't just drop everyone. Otherwise, like, when you break up, you have no you friends. Have no friends. <laughs> that's a problem. Um, yeah, so that's Dawn's storyline. I'm sure we'll get back to pieces of that. So, Mallory gets to be a narrator in this book, as oh, evidenced boy. by my furious <laughs> reaction to her <laughs> name being at the top of every other page. Uh, so Mallory wants to be a spy like Harriet the Spy and ends up spending a lot of time alone, eavesdropping and observing. She's the one that finds out the truth, truth about Alex and tells Marianne. You'd think she'd have she'd have some kind of lesson by the end 
I think I wrote this wrong. I think she'd have learned some kind of lesson by the end that spying is bad and she should have spent more time with her family, but it is what it is. Yeah, like the actual theme of Harriet the Spy. Right. (laughs) Well, and she even says, like, I'm not going to end up like Harriet the Spy where, like, no one's going to find my journal. Yeah. Well, correct me if you literally talked in, like, episode 9 or 10, because I was just listening to them, like, a couple days ago, about you climbing into a tree and, like, doing the exact same thing. But I did that... Like, when my parents were, like, doing other things, I wasn't, like, yeah. doing it at the expense of spending a vacation with my family. Yeah. But, I mean, she has how many siblings? Seven? Like, the See, girl needs... Is... Like, I, this, I was surprised that she didn't annoy me in this book because I kind of... I had... I have such a visceral reaction to her. Honestly, but I was like, if you have that many people in your family, you just want some goddamn quiet. Yeah, but she doesn't, like, do anything. She just, like, sits on a bench and, like, stares at people, which, I like, I love doing that, too. But, like... Do something. Like, go swimming. Like, you're not even going to go swimming when you're on this huge cruise boat that has, like, 10 million swimming pools. Swimming pools on cruise boats are weird. Yeah, I've never never been on a cruise. Neither have I. But just the whole concept of, like, this concrete structure of water floating on water just Um, messes with me. Like, I can't Can't, handle it. No. I have been on cruises, um, and... Did you spy on people? I didn't, but I did... I did not have a bad reaction to Mallory in this one at all. In fact, I was like, that sounds... Sounds legit. That's what I would do. Um, especially even at Disney World. She not didn't Disney even World, do no. anything for the entire first day because she was following oh, Alice and her true. family around. No, I was more thinking of the boat. You're right. I was I think I think that's more when I get angry. It's like you're in fucking Disney World yeah, and you have never been there before and you want to follow people around and eavesdrop on them. There are so many cool things to do. There were only half the parks at that point, and you didn't even do anything. I'm very and, angry. And at that time at Disney World, there would have been really long lines, too, so she could have eavesdropped other exactly. people around her night. You're she right. could have figured that out by when she followed Alex and her family. Like, you waited in line. You learned so much about them. Do that, and then you at least get to go on a ride at the yeah. end. We do that in lines all the time still. If, well, if we're sitting there for too long, I'll get bored, and I'll just be like, what's going on over here? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't do that when I'm bored. I just do that. <laughs> Um, all the time. So my least favorite thing about being in foreign countries is I can't eavesdrop because it's not English. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's the worst. Um, I do like eavesdropping. <laughs> not on, like, real people. I don't want to know. I, I'm not, like, nosy about, like... But, like, when you're out, like, yeah. on tri- like yeah. in public and you don't know the people, it's like, oh, what's going on with them? Like, yeah, it's just, like, it feels like a little story. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it ties into what you were saying is, like, you want to make up. It's fun to, like, yeah. see a person and if you overhear a snippet of their conversation, yeah. be like, ooh, where is that going to go? And just, like, let your imagination run wild. Uh, it's just so crazy to me that there are just so many people in this world who are having their own, like, when you stop and think about it, having their own things, their own dramas mm-hmm. that we, we just, you know, sort of casually brush past and don't interact in any way, shape, or form. And they've got this whole world that I know nothing about. Right. And will never know anything about and can't know anything about. And it just, I promise I haven't smoked any weed this morning. <laughs> it did it's, sound I mean, like it. But, but it, like, I, everyone's the hero of their own story. It, everybody yeah. has their own story. Yeah. We're um, all naturally egocentric. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, But I just love to try to get my, I think that that's at the core of it is me trying to get out of my own head. Because mm-hmm. even as a kid, um, my head was not always the most fun place to be. So it was nice to, like, picture other people and their adventures and it yeah. was easier than dealing with my own anxieties and depression and um confusion over everything yeah, yeah. um it was right. easier to focus on don't focus on yourself and focus on someone else to like yeah take your mind off yourself basically and to be fair i, I had no intent i wouldn't have gone and like spied on people i was not yeah that was not my i would have gone and taken a book and in fact i would i would do still do that sometimes on family vacation 
Um, I love my family dearly, but I am different from them in a lot of ways. And there, we do occasionally, especially since we love to travel together, um, never fails that on a trip, I'll get to a point where I'm like, I need to step away or they're like, step away from me. <laughs> where, but where I just like need a little bit of a break you and I'll go, I'll go read a book in a coffee shop somewhere or I'll go for a walk myself or we'll, we'll split off. And, um, I think that's one of the reasons my family travels together so well is because we do have like, no, when you need a break. Yeah. And, right. Everyone knows themselves well enough to know, like, well, and there's no idea of, uh, there's no, um, pressure that we have to be together all the time and yeah. do everything together. It's very much like, hey, we're going to go do this thing. And if you want to, great. If you don't, yeah. don't. Like one time when we were in, the, the perfect quintessential version of that is we were all in Florida. My family's going to go to the beach and I'm not much of a beach person. So I decided I was going to go. Not a beach person either. <laughs> yeah. So I decided I was going to go to Disney World for the day. I'm an under umbrella, an umbrella beach person with a book. There you go. Um, so I decided I was going to go to Disney for the day. They were going to drive to the beach and, um, I ended up buying a two day ticket because it was, there was some kind of sale or whatever. And, um, half of the people going to the beach were like, you know what? Actually, Disney sounds kind of fun. That was not part of the plan for the trip yeah. at all, but they heard I was going. And so then it became one of those two days. My whole family ended up going. Yeah. So it, it we do genuinely like to be around each other, but there is definitely space for me to pull a Mallory mm-hmm. and just be like, I love you. See you for dinner. Like, See, I'll yes. be back. I'm going to go sit with a book somewhere. I'm going to go get a cocktail. And I like to go sit at the pool. I don't really swim in the pools on the cruises. I don't know that I have. I have a pool and I don't swim in it. I sit next to it and I read. Yeah. That's... And drink my rosé. I mean, that's how it was at the house with Amy and Tim. I, I, yeah. just, I loved to read outside. But the best moment. A couple years ago on vacation, we did like a huge family vacation. Like all my cousins, blah, blah, blah. Went to Hilton Head. Some kid pooped in the pool. So, like, it got... This is the best moment of your vacation? No, because then... Because they... You have to, like, be out of it for 24 hours while the chlorine takes care of it. So, no one was hanging out by the pool. So, I just camped myself there. It was quiet. I was also miserably hungover because it was the day after the Cavs won the championship. Oh, boy. there you go. So, it was, like, four years ago. But... So, it was just, like, perfection. Yep. Sounds pretty nice. One of my favorite memories of my time in Vegas was um, my first, like, full year there. I turned 30 and Jordan turned 21, and we came out for a big joint birthday party. Um, my immediate family and then my cousin Tanya, who is basically my big sister, she lived with us for a time. Um, and we were out by the pool um, at in my apartment complex, and nobody else was there because it was January, but to a bunch of Ohio people, and I had just moved there. Right. You know, 60 degrees felt like... Balmy. Gorgeous. And everybody else was like inside in Chile. Um, <laughs> but so we're sitting outside and we're playing Cards Against Humanity and we're drinking and we're just like cracking up. And they were doing tours of the complex to a couple of people. And at one point, somebody came over and asked how much they were paying us to like <laughs> sit out there to like... Look how much fun you could have if you lived we here. We looked like an, at like a, the advertisement because we're all like, ha ha! <laughs> Bunch of nerds. Yep. Oh, boy. But the good times around the pool. <laughs> Back yeah. to the plot. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so Byron, one of the Pike triplets, is also a narrator here. Who so. I called Lord Byron in my head. That makes sense. I called him Brian for years, forever. I mean, and I still um, have to physically remind myself, Byron, not Brian. Byron, not Brian. Fair. It happens. So Byron... With uh, the other two triplets, and Nikki and David Michael. Nikki is their brother. David Michael is Christie's brother. 
Uh, the five of them become obsessed with pirates, treasure, and stowaways and spend their trip um, as a group together, mostly looking for treasure, particularly after Byron finds a treasure map on the beach at Treasure Key. They learn on the plane home that their map is actually a Dutch copy machine diagram. Which is just so perfect. I, I think this was my very favorite plot line. I loved this plot line. It was also, so cute. Also, as like a sort of random side note, did you guys ever read the book The Key like in maybe sixth grade? It's about, like, a kid on a ship. It's, like, it's set in, like, the 1800s, I think. It's, like, a kid on a ship with a slave, and, like, there's a shipwreck, and there, there's a lot of people on that ship, but the two of them end up on a raft, and then they end up on an island together. No. Speaking of Timothy, the slave's name is Timothy. But when I read it, I didn't know C-A-Y was key. key yeah. No one in my class knew that it was key, so we all called the book the K. Okay. Yeah. And our teacher never corrected us. She might not have known. I know, but I was just, like... Like, I learned it later, and I was like, I feel like I was an idiot. I think we read it in seventh grade, and I was just like, no one told any of us that it was the key. And um, it was never said, well, like, also, in the book or anything. Because, you know, like, when in, like, Harry Potter, it's yeah. like Hermione. Like, yes. they have... Hermione. Uh, you know, right. Yeah. They have um, Hagrid's half-brother there to, like, so they can explain. No, it's Hermione. So everyone knows. Yeah. But it's like, here, I was just like... I just had, as I was reading this, I had this, like, visceral reaction to, like, oh, my God, in seventh grade, I didn't know what this word was. Well, because in the U.S., the Florida Keys is K-E-Y. Um, I genuinely didn't know it was key until Doctor Who. It was the uh, Amy Pond, um, Rory's last episode oh, with yeah. the, the Statue of Liberty, um, Weeping Angel. Mm-hmm. It was, there was a key there, and it was mm. it was spelled the other way, the Q- Q-U-A-Y. A-Y. Yeah. And they kept saying key, and I was like, oh, that's what that is pronounced. <laughs> and then when we were in Australia with my family, Sydney, yeah. I, I kept calling it key, and my dad is like, what is Quay. that word? And Quay. I was like, it's called a key. I know this. I know this. <laughs> I, I definitely know what I'm talking about. I was about. like, don't, just believe me. That's don't also tell how me. you pronounce the sunglass brand. Yes. Um, I was like, don't tell me I never learned anything from Doctor Who. <laughs> from the that, shows. That one thing. <laughs> Um, okay, so last narrator is Karen. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> oh, boy. I love Karen so much. I know. I really want to make Katie read all the little sister books and, like, report on them oh. for us. They're all about Karen. Well, okay, then maybe. But I don't know if I would like a book about her. I just really enjoyed her in this because of the overactive imagination. And oh, that's all her, of her books. And her, like, falling over love of, like, Christie. I thought was so cute. Yes. It's adorable. It, I actually, I read all the little sisters even when I was, like, I think I read The Little Sisters longer than I read the Babysitter's Club books. Um, they were so fast. It was like reading yeah. a picture book. Yeah, because they're like half as long as yes. The Babysitter's Club And books. they're even, I think the font's even a little bit. I never they're, read they're any of those. I never mi- read any of The Little Sisters. I read sisters. all the California Diaries, though. I think California Dawn is better than yeah, Sony Book sure. Dawn. Um, I've never I read any of those either. I like They're those. a little bit, they're like a little older. They're oh, a little okay. more Sweet Valley-esque than... There's um, Ducky. Love Ducky. Oh, like, Ducky. I feel like, like... Pot or drinking might get like a like sex is definitely addressed. It's definitely like I think she's in high school. Okay, no, there's still well, actually that brings us to a great point. Um, so according to the chronological order chart that we found on the Babysitters Club wiki, this is the next book, but this takes place in the summer. False. Um, the the California Diaries ones definitely are like interspersed with when they're still in junior high, according to this chronicle order list. But come to think of it, I think I do recall them being in high school. Because I'm pretty sure, one, because the the whole tone of those books is so much more mature. And two, I'm pretty sure it's because she moves back to California. 
but because she she's in she's in school. It's not just like a visiting her dad. Right, but I thought it was like... She does move back at some point during this series, but I okay. don't know if, like, California Diaries is supposed to be during that time when she moves mm-hmm. back I'm pretty during sure this, it is. or if it's, like, later. Or maybe it's just, like, the California kids are faster, so maybe it's that. But it was definitely... The tone of them is more mature. It's also possible that some of her friends in California are older. True. That's you know, true. Like, or... It's possible that we're misremembering it right now. There, and I felt much. What? I, I, yeah. I said I've never read any of them, so I'm just speculating yeah. wildly. <laughs> um, but I remember really enjoying the Karen books because they they were all like just short, sweet. It didn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. But it was all like Karen's overactive. Every time the stakes were just like morbid of destiny next door. Yeah, I think I just I loved her so much because I had a way overactive imagination as a child. Like, well. The Haunted Mansion, like, royally scarred me. I've only ever been to Disney World once. I was five. We went into the Haunted Mansion, and there's, correct me if I'm wrong, you've been many more times than me. Um, <laughs> That's true. Where, like, you're side by side. I remember the ghost sitting with us. But then isn't there a place, like, where, like, th- through the mirrors, like, it looks like someone disappears in the car? There, that's what, at the end. Yeah. Yes, that is what. So that's what Karen me. thinks that a hitch because it's at the end. There's like the three ghosts that are mm-hmm. hitchhiking. Yeah. And then one of those three ghosts is in your car with you, and they say that it's going to go home with you. Yes. Right. No, but isn't it like so? I feel like I remember there like, is one where point, there's like a mirror thing, like where like it looked like my mom disappeared. Yes. That it's. I think like, it's in those same mirrors. I, or it was back in the day because I remember that too as a kid. Yeah, and that is what like freaked me the fuck out. I was also five, so like and kind I, of like Karen. Yes, I mean is she it, five. She's six. Okay, but, yeah. yeah. And I had watched, I think, the Poltergeist the year before. So combine those two things, like. <laughs> yeah. I, so you watched Poltergeist when you were four, three or four, yeah. Okay, right. so babysitter. this sort of ties into a babysitter, part- an irresponsible <laughs> so babysitter. I don't remember. I don't. I'm guessing that's not rated R, but like there is a conversation in this book when. Christy and Don and Claudia get to their hotel room oh, yeah. in Disney yes. because they're like, ooh, maybe we'll be able to watch R-rated movies. Which, side note, of course Disney's not going to have R-rated movies on the TVs in their hotels. Uh, but, according to some comedian, they do have porn. Interesting. Is, but you have to call to unlock Okay, I was going to say, just turning on those TVs, that is not an option <laughs> you, you can Oh, it was Jack Whitehall. Oh. And he was like, he was doing something for Disney. He was like, I had to call. And like, it's Mickey Mouse's voice. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> You have to tell, like, like Mickey or Goofy or whoever it is, like, can you please unlock the porn channel? Look, people, nowadays, just pick up your phone. What? You don't need to talk to Mickey about porn. Well, now that's an option. That's Who knows true. when, Who that, knows was when that was Um But so they have that whole conversation about, like, have you ever seen an R-rated movie? When do you think you'll see one? And, like, Don says, like, Jeff saw one, but it was an accident. But, like, mm-hmm. it wasn't that big a deal. So what was the first R-rated movie that you guys saw? And, like, how old were you approximately? Was Legends of the Fall a rated R? Yes. Then it was Legends of the Fall. I was literally watching that in bed last night. Brad Pitt's butt. <laughs> Maybe, was the piano R? Yes. Yes. So one of those two movies, and then there was a third, I can't remember what it is, but one of those, and my parents were watching it, and I was just like, I think they thought I was asleep or something. <laughs> so my parents were very strict about movies. Like, classics we could watch, but, um, so Sur- some of those... Surprisingly, mine were too, so who the hell knows? Yeah. Um, so some of those, you know, felt a little risque because they didn't have rating system like that at right. that point. It didn't work the um, same I think way. we talked about 16 Candles, my experience with that <laughs> babysitting at one point. Um, but the, so the first one I really remember seeing is, and it's like being aware I'm watching an R-rated movie when I shouldn't be, was across the street at the Beckman's house, we watched Fled, 
which I think is um, like Stephen Baldwin and somebody, and they're like it's like a buddy criminal movie. They like escape jail together, but they're handcuffed together and they like hate each other. Oh man! And they're I I will just never forget because there's one scene where it's like a it's a they're having an intense face to face conversation, and it's a one shot that keeps going back and forth between um, you know who's talking Mm -hmm. and who's reacting. And they would they went to Stephen Baldwin, and he was wearing like this gray shirt and a I think it was a green plaid, um, because it was 90s, you know, shirt over it. And then they went back to the other guy, and then they went back to Stephen Baldwin, and the plaid was gone. And then they went back to the other guy, and back to Stephen Baldwin, and it was back. Oh, continuity. Like, oh my God. 14 times, we thought it was, it was the first time I realized that people could make mistakes Mm -hmm. in things like that, and we just thought it was the funniest thing in the world. That's the only thing I remember about the movie. Um... Other than I'm 90% sure I went home and confessed immediately afterwards because oh, I felt too I'm guilty. I'm sure you did. Yeah. I think the first one I watched on purpose, like, with a friend, like, at a house was City Slickers. City Slickers. <laughs> Which I adored. That was a good one. Is that R? Yes. I think it's PG-13. I'm pretty sure it's R. Mm-mm. I don't, I don't know. know. I remember, yeah, I didn't tell my parents, and I remember walking home and, like, being... Oh, that was PG-13. City Slickers is. Oh, wow. Well. Oh, okay. I'm so looking at a friend to see who the other guy in it is. Okay. Well, yours? my first one was um, Working Girl. Oh. Which is okay, actually, a... like, there's not that much, like, scandalous stuff yeah. in it. It's Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my God. I wanted to say Morgan Freeman, but I knew that wasn't right, so I didn't. <laughs> I mean, he's been in some shitty movies, so yeah. it wouldn't be that, but totally I, But outside. I also knew it wasn't him. Like, yeah. I knew it was... Um, Someone whose voice is a like, little bit more gravitas, and like yeah. he was, he was the like mastermind and the planner, and the and Stephen Baldwin was like the the pain in the ass, like hothead tag along. Shocking! So I can, I can only imagine. I feel like that. Did you guys ever so like akin to getting people to buy you like beer when you were underage? Did you ever like hang out in the mall and ask someone to buy you an R rated ticket? No, just no. me. Okay, that was me. I I would because I would just buy a ticket to and then go into movie whatever movie I wanted. The Ken wanted. Town Center, like, that theater was a little, like, t- like if it was, like, you'd have to know what theater it was in because it was one of those, like, where, oh. and they paid pretty close attention. So we would definitely ask adults to buy, or teenagers, older teenagers, to buy us tickets. And it's easier now as an adult to just, like, walk into movie theaters because it's a bunch of kids working and they are not going to question, question you. Adult. Whereas, like, if you're 14. Well, except that now there's, like, assigned seats. Yeah. Well, right. I, I mean, I guess I haven't done it in forever, but I'm just thinking, like, um... No one would, if I walked into a movie theater right now, there's a 14-year-old, 16-year-old kid taking my ticket. They're not going to be like, excuse me, (laughs) ma'am. That's true. If I just act like I know what I'm doing. Um, Whereas if I tried that at 14, they probably would have been like, excuse me. (laughs) Where do you think you're going? In fact, I remember um, getting kicked out of, no, it wasn't me. Some, I, we went to see Josie and the Pussycats. And another group went to see something else, and their movie was no good. So, because they had been all poo poo about Josie and the Pussycats, which holds up is a cinematic mm-hmm. masterpiece. So they came in about halfway through. It's Katie's, actually a very yeah, smart movie. Katie's like giving me very skeptical looks. Go okay, I also haven't watched a movie since 1994. So other than ones you make me watch, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> you, yeah, but yeah. Um. Anyway, um, it was. I don't remember what I was talking about. Anyway, moving on. Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, Josie and the Pussycats. Getting escorted oh, out. So the, the, the boys that didn't want to go see Josie and the Pussycats then came in halfway through, and it was like a whole, like, they had to go and bring Production. them out. And it was so embarrassing. And I remember being like, you are ruining this for me, people. Learn your manners. But yeah, really, rated our movies. It's an extra fuck. 
Or unlimited fucks. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. but one extra. One extra. Yeah. One more. At least one more fuck than in a PG-13 movie. Yes. And at that point, you might as well just and go can be free-for-all. Can, it can be referring to actual sex. In PG-13, right. that your fuck cannot oh, refer to the act of sex. It has to be like an adjective. Or an adverb. Or or a noun if you're like calling someone somebody a fuck. fuck. Yeah, but it can't be, <laughs> but it can't be used kind of in, a, in a sexual context. Right. Um, like you can't say... Um, Anyway, you get the idea. Let's go fuck. You yes. can't say that. Yeah. Okay. No, no you can't, say, can't that. say that. You're right. Okay. And now, but it's a sliding scale for a long time. Um, I think I remember the first time there was the, I noticed the allowed fuck in a PG-13 was. Um, Breakup? No. It was, she's all that. Was I a fucking bet? Mm-hmm. Because that was in the previews. In the, yeah, in the trailers it was. It was, was I a stupid bet? And I'll never forget, in the movie theater, she goes, was I a bet? Was I a fucking bet? And I went, ooh! I, I... Yeah. I had like, a very, Ooh! That was... <laughs> That's not what that she was, said in the trailers. I was so excited for that movie. This trailer has been edited to be appropriate for all audiences. Mm-hmm. Yep. Red band trailers were not a thing back then. Not really, no. At least we weren't seeing See, movies where they could have been in fair front enough. of. So, for all we know, they were of it. Of, and I highly around. doubt that there would have been a red band trailer for She's All That in the first place. <laughs> right. I mean, like, where are people finding that? <laughs> Oh, and that's the only fuck in the whole right. thing. And so there's like, yeah, there's no real need for a red band trailer for that kind of. That's true. Yeah, you really only need those for R-rated movies, or I guess NC-17. Yep. Um, so that I mean, we sort of touched Karen, her crazy, precocious self with her imagination. So that's all of our plot lines. We've sort of touched on some of them. Um, I know we had sort of talked, and I don't know if we. We brought I mean, this into no, we Katie. So one of the things we had thought about with this one is, as we both read before we talked, because we, we've both read this one twice, because we wanted to read it and f- try to figure out what we were doing since it's a super special. And one of the things we had both realized was that this book has a lot of sort of repeats of plot lines that we've had in the first 12 books of the series. Um, so I don't know if we wanted to sort of just run through those, if we wanted to talk about them a little bit. Yeah, um, let's just sort of run through them and talk about yeah. it as we go. I, I don't think some of them we've already sort of talked about, like the imagination plot line. We've, yeah. We've talked a lot about that and how that plays out. But we see that through a couple of people in, in this book, and it, it's definitely happened in previous books, too. Yeah. So for me, the biggest indication of that one was um, the, the boys in the treasure map. Mm-hmm. Um, is very similar to... Um, Dawn and the search for the haunted passage and them, you know, taking minor clues and extrapolating yeah. bigger things from it. Um, and also, like, the phantom caller. That was that was the yes. first one where we really had the girls being like, oh, but what if it yeah. means X, Y, and Z when it's just this, like, tiny little thing. And going off on that tangent. Yeah. And well, it, with the, the triplets and uh, Nikki and David Michael, like, they find this map and they're like, it's probably for Treasure Key. But then they're like, it could be for the ship anywhere. or Disney World or anywhere. Part of, the whole yeah. part of it is the, that, that willingness of kids to just go with it and and really they want to believe. Yeah. They want so badly for there to be treasure that okay, so it didn't work in this one. Okay, great. We'll just we'll keep f- looking. We'll just keep trying this one. It's a map. It's got to go somewhere. Maybe part of the hunt is figuring out the appropriate place to use it. And of course, it would be along our right, right. Our, our trip as well because if we were meant to find this map, then we're meant to find the treasure. And that um very gave me very Goonie vibes, which oh, is yeah. always um, a huge influence for me. One of my longest 
favoriteest movies of all time. In fact, we belong to a club. <laughs> Goonies never say die. Um, it was a misheard. <laughs> we were, Kate and I had just watched the, I think it was the commentary track. Yeah. Goonies. We had watched the anniversary commentary track before a party. And so we were, of course, drunk and very and, like, and, like into Goonies that and, day. And like, Goonies never say die. And we went to the University of Dayton. And one of our friends said, did you just say UDs never say die? And we're like, we did now! <laughs> From so, now on, we will. <laughs> another sweatshirt that exists. Yep. Yes. So uh, we do have UDs never say die sweatshirts with our respective Goonies along the back. So yes. I was Mikey. I was Steph. Who were you? Chunk. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might have been just a leftover. Like somebody had to be Chunk, so we gave it to Katie. It's possible. Um, <laughs> because... Um, Sarah was Andy, and and Sarah is such an Andy. Yes. Um. (laughs) She's over there doing sloth sloth impressions in the background. I really hope you just heard her. I really hope when we're listening back to this, you can just hear her quietly in the background going, baby, Ruth. (laughs) Oh, that was not Lauren that time. You're going to hear Katie snorting. That was a Schneller snort. Um, Not Lauren this time. So, um, people are gonna, people are either going to love this episode or hate it. Yes. Um, let us know. Yeah. So it's Please super, don't hate me. <laughs> I don't think so much it's you. I think either if you're, if you're here to like get into BSC discourse, this is not your episode. Except to be in our defense, these super specials, and I think this is going to carry forward. These are not books where a lot happens. happens. You're like right. there's an event and everyone reacts to that event. But like and this book could have come anytime. Even yeah. though they say it's summer, it's like, well, it's after Sea City. There's only two weeks of school left after that book. And yet this is also a summer trip that was never mentioned in any of the So like the timeline stuff is weird. So like these books always feel like they're just sort of like we need a book where everybody gets yeah. to be a narrator. Yeah, so like, like a shared experience or yeah, something. Yeah, so it's like... It's sort of like a time These are not the ones a... where you get, you're going to get a lot of the Babysitter's yeah. Club discourse, I... in our defense. That's true. Did you ever, like, bring, like, older people into, like, your imagination? Like, I don't... Like, I had some... I'm I was, her I'm very skeptical. Confused. Both of us, okay. both of us made very so skeptical I, faces. So... I was convinced, and I don't know how much, like, but we, my friend Amy and I, we were convinced that at King's Island, there was, like, a candy cane, like, ride, like, station, and it's where the Smurf ride used to be or whatever, and we had, I knew that it wasn't, I knew that, yeah, in my head, we had her mom convinced that the, there was a candy cane ride. So we were, like, going around, and she was asking those poor teenagers oh, no. that, like, worked there. And we're, like, walking all over. And poor Mrs. Bunker. Like, there was, there's no candy cane land. There's no, no candy cane ride. Like, no, it's owned not. by Paramount. Paramount doesn't own the brand. Like... Oh my! Well, it wasn't owned by Paramount back then. At that time, it was. Was it? We, oh. I was also... I, I might have been 10. That's like, true. I wasn't... I'm, like, I'm envisioning you tiny because you mentioned this. No, 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 no. Fried. It had to have been before eight because Amy moved when she was 10. So, and she was two years older than me. So you had, had to be, be before younger. that. Okay. But like, I like super active, like to the point where like I pulled people into my deluded, like my <laughs> I deluded. See that. But like, you're very convincing. That's what you, I was going like, to say. I was like, that's I, a- I mean, if I were around a child, you, and you were trying to tell me that there was a candy cane ride, I would believe you. Yeah. Like you were very good arguing your point and you were <laughs> without it sounding like you're trying to convince someone of something and you were incredibly committed jazzy yes. um, oh yeah mm-hmm. um katie created a whole alternate personality for herself which i found out recently came out in sunday school interesting they were doing 
they were doing attendance and I wouldn't answer to my name. And I was like, I'm Jazzy. And like the teacher had to tell my mom, like, she's this person now. So Katie was a much kookier version of um, uh, imaginative. I was much more of an Anne Shirley, like very Anna Green Gables, like nose in a book. I had a romantic fantasy. I I was much more romantic fantasy, but I was very aware that it was Mm -hmm. flights of fancy. I never really, I was never bringing anybody into my delusions because... Um, I knew that Gilbert Blythe wasn't actually going to come, you know, like rescue me from the treehouse in my parents' backyard. Yeah. We, I did not have an imaginary friend. I was the imaginary friend. <laughs> um, and then like, oh, and the Claudia thing, I still wonder, I like appreciate and also wonder at my mother that she let me leave the house this way. So one, I have very curly hair. So I, my hair did not like, I did not have enough of it for gravity to like make it long till I was about five or six. So I would wear scarves so that I could feel st- like hair on the hair, quote unquote, on the nape of my neck. And my mom, she was like, I was always so impressed with what you did with scarves because I would wear like one of those ties. <laughs> that <laughs> one was Lauren. That was She's Lauren. A child. She's a child and her mother is. I'm very impressed with what you can accomplish no, with that scarf. That's what she's told me as an adult because I looked at these pictures where I have scarves tied together and wrapped around me like a shirt and then a ballet like tie skirt. My mom let me leave the house like that. I cannot. Those are not clothes. Oh, if oh. nothing else, this has been so entertaining for us. I've learned so much about Katie Schneller and I love it. So my mom was encouraging the delusions, essentially. Like, my creativity and imagination. So that's, that's like, probably part of why you were, like, willing and able able to, like, bring other people in. Because your mom my was, mom like, was yeah, go for so it. You used were, and amazed like, Your by, mom like, bought into it. I mean, maybe not in the same way, but, like, your mom was so much, like, I think she was just relieved it. I could entertain myself. I mean, there, yeah. That's, that's fair. Cool. I would sit in my room and play, like, store by myself for, like, three hours. Yeah, that's what, um, I... Somebody was talking, there was some, like, I think it was BuzzFeed list this week that I was browsing while I was watching Mm -hmm. television, and they were talking about um, weird house rules that, you know, you didn't realize were weird until you Mm -hmm. were older, and one of them said, one one girl was like, I liked being in my bedroom, I was kind of solitary, so I was... My, they would ground me. I had to go out of my room. <laughs> and that was me too. Because I, I like to sit and read. I didn't want to go play outside. So my mom would be like, okay, you're grounded. You have to go outside. You're not allowed back in your bedroom until the, uh, we like were, hour. We were allowed to do that, but I would, it would depend on who I was with. But I could I could entertain myself. We had many neighborhood kids. Um, I, we got a little bit of trouble when we were playing on like um, unfinished foundations of houses. Um, climbing oh, we, up rebar to go I mean, like, inside. That's probably a good thing to get yeah. in trouble for. Well, that's true. But they were like the houses they didn't, weren't built for like twenty years, and now they have been built. And that specific house, the dude that lives there shot his wife. She's alive. This whole she's this, alive. This took that, a that huge turn. Such a Whoa. journey that we just went on on that story you were telling. Well, it's not really relevant to this conversation, but that specific foundation became a house, and the man, like, shot – it was a shotgun. He shot the driveway, and the shot scattered because that's what it does, that's and it, like, shotgun. hit his wife, and the mailman saw it and called the cops. This, this is – this is all – I'm in fucking Bogota, Colombia, and my mom's, like, worried about, like, what's going to happen in Colombia, and then, like, my brother's texting me, mom, tell you about the, the person that got shot in our neighborhood. I was like, and you're worried about me? Anyway, okay, oh, sorry. Boy. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't even know where, what, to, how to process that. So let's go back to matching up plot lines. Yes. So one sort of quick one. Christy spends the entire book obsessed with coming up with a gift for 
Watson and Elizabeth and the Pikes for taking all of them on this wonderful trip. I was so annoyed she never had an idea. Exactly! Right? She harped on it the entire time and was so angry at everyone else, but, like, she never suggested anything. Yeah. But, like, this ties back into Christie's Big Day, where she spends the whole book trying to come up with an idea for her gift and David Michael's gift for Watson and Edie when they get married. Mm-hmm. So, like, at least there it was her own gift that she was stressing out about. But, yeah, here I was like, come up with a fucking idea yourself. Yeah. And then she doesn't even come up with the final idea. I no. do appreciate that at 13, they she had, had, the, they had the thoughtfulness to That's say true. that we should do something really nice for them because that is exceedingly generous of Watson to, like, take her friends on the trip. But or I, is I, it? We don't know how much money Watson has. It could but, be. like, regardless, he doesn't I'm have kidding. to take them on a vacation. Oh, I, know. I was totally kidding. You guys both took that very seriously. I was just trying to be... I feel like that is, like, one of the hot-button issues of this book, though. It's That's like, true. why the fuck do they get to go on a free vacation and Stacey and Marianne only get to go because they're babysitting? And they spend yeah. the whole time babysitting. Well, they fall asleep during their time it off. It sounds yeah. like evening because they, they're so, so fucking they were the ones going on the trip first before any of that happened. 100%. So, yeah. like, they had already been asked and going on it. So, it's just like a luck of the draw that, like, they had already gone to Seaside so they knew they could take them. Yeah. But and it's, it's, it does of, suck. And maybe the other girls should have been generous and be like, maybe we'll, like, switch off. Yeah. Or, like, helped out or something. Offer at I just, some point. Or, you know, even talk to the triplets when they come up with their math. <laughs> right. Instead of being an asshole yeah. like Dawn because she's, like, obsessed with this dumb kid. But, yeah. I just know I would have been super salty if I were yes. Claudia or Mary or that. Well, and they reference on the back of the book where they're like it's their favorite thing to do babysit it's like yes. no they're exhausted yeah and also you're on vacation and there's so i i briefly mentioned i'm the only one apparently who's been on a cruise i did go on a cruise i in fact went on this exact cruise <laughs> when i was their age I was oh, did, oh it's a real thing yes i we did the um it was a big red boat and it was uh to the bahamas and then three days in disney world um, it was my entire family. It was my grandparents' 40th wedding anniversary. So all my aunts and uncles and cousins, and we all went on the big red boat. Um, and something happened. Like, we had uh, had reservations. Something happened with them, and we had to move our week, and it was their fault. So we got an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got a character tuck-in on the boat. But it was weird. The boat was Looney Tunes characters. So the Tasmanian Devil... <laughs> Came into our bedroom and tucked me in because I was obsessed with Taz at that time in my life. Oh, I wait. <laughs> I, I, I can't even talk. I have so many questions. A character tuck in, and your favorite character was Taz. God, a character tuck in sounds so dirty. <laughs> I have so many questions. And I feel so uncomfortable retroactively so, on your yeah. behalf, even though looking you clearly back, wanted look, it. Looking back now, I've never really that, said... That sentence still sounds yeah, wrong. I've never said this out loud before, and, like, it was just a thing that has happened. But, like, now that I actually said it, I'm like, there's a human being wearing a dance costume who came into a room with four children. <laughs> Tucked them all in. Can, what was all? it like? Like he like tucked along your <laughs> no, body, like in the covers. I'm so no, it confused was just like, by what the tuck I don't, means. I, I genuinely don't remember. I, it was not because you blocked it out because you were like assaulted by Taz. I'm so uncomfortable with what happened there. to you. We were not alone. Just because your parents were there does not mean you were not That's assaulted true. by Taz. We were not assaulted by Taz. I don't think he actually like tucked anything. I think they came in and like said good night. <laughs> Let's not say tuck. I think that's what's making me uncomfortable. We did get um, we did get pillowcases and um, <laughs> that's like a heart with tass in it. Oh <laughs> God! In the cruise, I had short hair. I had like a bob, uh, but that like only went to my chin. And I had gotten the braids in the Bahamas, oh, and, no. and they put 
we put um so cultural appropriation at its finest and then they also put those big chunky beads at yep. the bottom like yeah. i was i was i was 100% monica um from friends my hair like i could take my head back and forth and i shake like a maraca but the problem is my hair only went to my chin so those beads were like right at my jawline <laughs> so when i would go to bed <laughs> it, it hurt to sleep oh boy um <laughs> so there was that, and then um, then when we finally landed, we got to we the upgrade in Disney was we got to stay at um, one of the Disney World resorts. Uh, originally, the accommodations were just like at a regular hotel on which Disney. is sounds like this is it, yes. that's how this was too. They're uh, like so, off property mm, sort of. Yes, and this was like the upgrade. Like you Ooh. could. So we stayed at uh, which was not my family. We did not do upgraded anything. We did like. How can we get this? <laughs> how can we what make are the this? deals? Yeah, like, how can we make this happen? We were not the type of people who were like, first class all the way, baby. Um, and um, although it never felt like that. But anyway, so this was like a big, big deal for yeah. us. And it was, I, I can't remember what it's called now, but it was the like the New Orleans one. Is the Port hotel. Orleans. Port Orleans, yes. And I will never forget. French Quarter, I think, is French, the New Orleans one. Yeah. Um, the other one... It's now called Port Orleans Riverside. It used to be called Dixie Landings. And some of the cabin house, like, standalone hotels look like manor houses. And yeah. some look like slave quarters. Not great. And it is uncomfortable. Not great. That was, that was somebody tweeted this week because um, Ryan Reynolds was like, oh, my gosh, see Parasite. It's so important. You need to see it. Someone oh, just I... responded, you got married on a plantation. And I was like, ooh, ouch, but accurate. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we had none of those weird connotations. I guess some of the, like, well, the, Cajun stuff is a little... But the French Quarter one is much more just, like... New Orleans. Like, wrought iron. Like, Bourbon yeah. Street. Like, Bourbon stuff. Street. It's not... There's not as much, like, problematic history kind of stuff as Dixie Landings. Also, the is, one thing I do remember about the hotel is it had the big um, uh, alligator from... Um, I guess it would have been Rescuers down under at that Oh, point. yeah. Um... Crocodile, then. Crocodile. And you could, like, slide down his tongue. Oh. Like, you went out his mouth to slide into the pool was, like, down the, the alligator. Fucking Jonah. Like, Jonah and the whale? <laughs> that was very, like, intense. intense. I was like, I was like, Hill? What? Jo- Jonah, Jonah, and um, the alligator? I'm what? off my, I'm off my biblical studies, apparently. Well, Jazzy came to us from <laughs> Sunday school. Sunday She's school. here from Sunday school. Um, Jazzy so that hasn't was, made an appearance in a while. Um... So that was a big deal, and that yeah. cruise was a big thing in our family. It was so much fun. I was the perfect age. I was 10, and it, they, my parents loved it because we were on the boat, so we were allowed to just pretty much go um, the way that they were with the, I felt that with the kids, uh, the triplets, because... Were you guys running into people and being obnoxious like they were? Probably. <laughs> um, but there was there was definitely lots of, like, designated kid areas, and the boat was kid-friendly. Oh, yeah. So, every, I mean, it was a Disney cruise. Everybody was very yeah. there with families. Expectation. Yeah. So, like, we weren't, like, running into people's, you know, dinner dates or anything. <laughs> um, but I'm certain we were obnoxious. So that was really fun. And then we did um, an Alaskan cruise when I was 20, which was – I had a great time, but it was um, – and Alaska was beautiful, but I was 20 years old, stuck on a boat, and we were not in international water, so we couldn't drink, we couldn't do anything. Um, so there were definitely, I was like right at the wrong yeah, time. Yeah, you were like, like would, too old and too young at the same exactly. time. Exactly. I'm like, if it would have been just a couple years earlier, a couple years later, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah. Um, but we're doing, we have one scheduled for next February for my parents' 40th wedding anniversary. Which are actually, you doing the big red boat again? We are not. This time we are going to Hawaii. <laughs> oh, um, fine. I know, you have I to guess. be so fancy about it. 
Um, we were originally supposed to go this year because this is their 40th, but my stupid brother and his wife had to get themselves knocked up. Boo. I know. <laughs> Boo sex. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wait, so, but you're just going to Hawaii. It's not a cruise. No, no, we're doing a cruise. To Hawaii? Once uh, you're there, like, we like, land in Hawaii. So you, like, fly then... to Hawaii and then you cruise through. Okay, I yeah. was like, that's kind of a long ship ride over, over to, to Hawaii from yeah, like, yeah. LA. I'm pretty sure you land... It, it, I mean, well, you could cruise. Be fair, there's a lot of islands yeah, out there. To be fair, I don't know. I have stayed out of the preparations, but other than to say, you tell me when to take off work and I will yeah. be there. Yeah. Because um, my mom is the best trip planner in the world and I know when to back off because um, I am not the best trip planner in the world. Because I'm when I travel, I'm much more of a loosey-goosey, go, you know, wherever. And that's fine when I'm traveling by myself or with, like, with a friend. <laughs> when you're coordinating 10 people, yeah. 11 people. It's not quite as easy to just be like, let's just see where the day takes us. Exactly. Which is why my mom likes cruises. Because right. you can very much be... Let's, Do whatever you want today, yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's set times for dinner, but you can go anywhere. Is there a Lido deck on cruises? There is a Lido deck. I don't remember what that means. I was also going to be like, it. and what is it? Don't know. I think it's just the, like, the name of that particular deck. Like, I think the decks had names. I mean, I feel like that's mean, like a consistent thing across. It has to mean across... something if the Lido Lounge exists. <laughs> it's a budget strip club in Cleveland. Best, the, the single <laughs> best review of anything I've ever read in my life, it is Pure poetry. Well, at some point. Now's not the time, but we'll at some point have to pull that out. But um, the Lido Lounge is, re- is reviewed as the best bumps and grinds on a budget. Mm-hmm. So, Budget I mean, strip club. It is what it is. It's always packed. Yeah. Um, it's right off the highway in like a really weird part of town. It's not like... It's like in the suburbs. It's very strange. It's technically in Cleveland. Yes, right. but it's like right, right across on the, border. the street from Lakewood. Yeah, it's like by Target. It's literally there's a Target from the Home Depot, Depot and Target, and, and Giant Eagle, <laughs> and like nice it's wares. Ones. Not you know, yeah, like relatively new, like new construction. And then yeah. this like ramshackle. Yeah, little and it's shack. been there for like ever. And so I guess they're just like, well, we're still gonna make Target here. Yeah. The end. Um. <laughs> But it's become somewhat legendary in our group of friends because we had a friend who was obsessed with, like, the very concept of its existence. Um, he used to go there a lot. Yeah. So he became... still had glitter on him a couple times when we went to church on Sunday. And I was like, please tell me you're not wearing the stripper jeans. I was like, put that 20 in the collection. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, let's, let's, we do at least need to finish matching up our plot lines. So we said Claudia and the secret admirer. In, in fact, Claudia gets the secret admirer again in this one. Like it's just a full on retread of, um, Claudia and the phantom phone calls. And in fact, even in the same way where in Claudia and the phantom phone calls, it's Trevor, the boy he has a crush on. And in this one, once again, it's Timothy, the boy that she has a crush on. One time I would like someone to have the secret admirer and be disappointed. Wah, wah. I was really disappointed when I had a secret admirer. Ooh. It was sixth grade, and I thought it was Jonathan. I'm not going to say his last name. He's never going to listen to it. Jonathan <laughs> Shuck. Um, <laughs> We've done this. Both of us have had that. Um, but it was Molly writing my secret admirer notes. Oh. Not because she was trying to be mean, but she was like trying to be cute and i i was so upset Molly, that's so so sweet. upset and then when i was in second grade i wrote ben stancil um secret admirer letters and my mom told his mom at like in the lunch line because they volunteered as lunch ladies mm-hmm. and then she told her his mom told ben and i was so embarrassed oh no so embarrassed we um so got sad. ratted out by our secret phone calls to boys we liked by somebody's mom like was like um 
ran into the boy's mom and was like, oh, I'm sorry about the girls. They had a sleepover last night. I guess one of them has a crush on him. And then it became like, he knew that like these six girls were at the sleepover. So which one had the crush? Oh, and it was like a whole thing. And I'm pretty sure it was all of us. Like it was the. That's fair. I don't even remember what boy it was looking back. Probably a dumb one. They all were. I love, I love you all St. Mike's boys, but we were all seventh grade. We were all dumb. So. <laughs> yes. So um, what so else? Claudia Dawn her... falls in love. Same with Stacy and C City and Marianne and Logan. It's sort of like in between those. I guess by the end of uh, C City with Stacy, she had like sort of liked what the other dude was. I don't know. The guy Trey, first kiss. Trevor. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever his name was. Troy. I don't know. No, but I, so it was sort of. Guard? I don't. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It won't come up again. Um, <laughs> so Dawn falls. You in mean love. he's not going to come back and be her one true love? No. OTP. I mean, maybe I, I haven't read all the books and I don't remember, but I don't foresee it coming back. Um, so Parker not being excited about his new blended family and his step siblings, but eventually comes around very much Christie's situation. Yep. Although he, he was much more like disdainful of, and yeah, like, he, he like called kind of them brats dr- and had jerk. like no interest. Like Christie's issues were more like she didn't want her family to change. And it wasn't necessarily Karen and Andrew that he thought were, that she thought were brats. Like. This guy is, like, says that his dad's being selfish for getting married again and, like, his mom is being left out and blah, blah, blah. And, like, but, I mean, in reality, like, Parker just doesn't understand adult relationships mm-hmm. and he's being selfish. And it when he's telling Don all this, like, I was sort of like, okay, I'm over you. Like, but Don was, I guess Don was just, like, She did have a of couple him. of those thoughts, though, like. I thought he was being selfish, but it didn't feel like the best time to, like, say something like that. Right. I mean, so she thought it, but, she, like, she didn't really... It didn't just... It didn't It didn't impact her, her from continuing right, yeah. to want to hang out with him. Which, there were a couple right at the beginning where I was like, yikes. I, I thought we were going to go a different way with his plot line, and she was, uh, was going to find out that she was a jerk. Like, right. So far, as far as we've gone along, like, there have definitely been, like lessons right how mm-hmm. to handle this we we talked about that with mark and the heart stuff in this book and you know how to deal with all of those things but we've not really and we've noted this before had a situation where they've handled it wrong right had to see some kind of recovery or have things end in a not yeah well, well and like even way. when things go poorly like when christy lets karen and andrew wash watson's car and they like destroy it with the steel wall and it ends up being like oh well i wanted to repaint that car anyway so it's fine and it's yeah. like there's no repercussions or and ramifications even, of any of the, the, like, mistakes that they've made, as minimal as they have actually been. It's like... Yeah. Well, I mean, even... Learn the, from your mistakes, maybe? Because something bad happens? It's And it's not just the babysitters. Like, think back about the, quote-unquote, antagonists we've had. Like, the babysitters, um, the babysitter... Agency. Agency. Yeah. They were like... That ended with them being like... I mean, it's all good. You, we're actually doing something now that's more suited to us, so have right. your fun. We're not even going to babysit anymore. Yeah. So it's fine that all the parents think we're immature and terrible. Yeah. No big deal. The end. Christy and the snobs, she becomes friends with them. Um, who? Uh, what else has been like an actual antagonist situation? Oh, um, Claudia and the new girl that the rest of the group was antagonistic to her, and it also ends with being like, yeah, you don't have to be friends with everybody. She's, she's a sometimes friend. Yeah. I mean, the, like... There, uh, there's never been a situation. Even the breakups, with the um, with the older lifeguard, he's nice about it. He's not a jackass. So, mm-hmm. um, I'd love at one point to see you know somebody get a crush on a guy and turn out they're not such a nice person. Um, and and I don't know if we'll get that in in these. I mean, 
I feel like maybe this is why Anna Martin adds Cokie Mason. I know I bring her up <laughs> every episode, but like she's an asshole. She yeah. is. Yes. Absolutely. And like she never learns a lesson. And I think that that might be part of why she becomes a character, whether or not she's like retconned in as someone they've known forever or she moves to Stony Brook. I know we've sort of talked about that and not remembering where she even comes from. Yeah. But like I have a feeling that that's part of why she is added. That would make Because you sense. need someone who's not nice like you the need babysitter. a foil yeah. right yeah. you need a foil you need someone who's going to like butt up against them and not turn out to be so nice about it mm-hmm. because she consistently is an asshole yeah that's true um and and, and i guess you don't want to have too much like but i'd like to see somebody make a mistake right I, we've been talking a lot as we've gone through this about how their modeling behavior and all of those things and i'd like to see a model how to how to model handling something wrong and, I mean, I, I guess there's a little bit of that with, like, um, you know, Marianne apologizing for how she handled the party and stuff. But, and Stacey sort of apologizing for being a total ass in Sea City <laughs> last go-round. Um, I don't know. It's, I, I don't know if I'm asking for something that I actually want well, or if right. I mean, it's kind of like, these are, you hope, you hope for any 12, 13-year-old that this is the extent of the problems that they encounter. But we know And we know not. not. But also, I don't, I mean, you depending on the situation, the kids that actually are experiencing greater problems than that, like how many of them have the luxury of being able to read these types of stories? That's true. Um, but like, and you also hope that like you can extrapolate the, li- the mini lessons like to the bigger issues. Like I've done, I've done my best, like then you just kind of let it go, hopefully. Yeah. But, and I, I think that these really are, as much as the girls are 12 and 13, 13, 14 even, possibly, um, as, you know, because 8th grade year, some people turn 14 if you're an old, um, old early birthday, birthday or early birthday. Um, the books themselves are not intended to be read by 13 to 14 year olds. Right. They're intended to be read younger. by 10 year olds or even younger than that. Um so that even some of the issues that you, we might have been dealing with in junior high are not, they're kept a little bit lighter and, and, and maybe just very, very surface level. Right. Um, because they are intended for, you, you know, maybe a five-year-old kid doesn't need to read about that not all boyfriends are nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. So um, uh, that's what I mean by, like, I don't know if I really actually want that to happen right. or if I'm just, like, trying to think of it from a critical perspective and, like, what are going to be the most interesting conversations versus what's really appropriate for this particular right. book series, yeah. not as us as a podcast. Right. True. Um, I was talking to Sarah McLaughlin, college roommate, who they all are friends with, as well, um, about something else this weekend, and she was asking me if I liked it, and I was like, ah, I'm not sure. It has some gender problematic stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, God, I'm such an asshole. I'm, <laughs> I'm a total podcaster now, and I can't just watch something without, like, trying to overanalyze it. I have to actively shut off that part of my brain. Yes, just enjoy something for what it is. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess the last two sort of repeated storylines, Marianne and Alexandra, as we discussed, sort of comparable to Claudia and Ashley in Christy and the New... Or Claudia and the New Girl. Um, and then Claudia forcing Christy and Dawn to get over their differences yep. and get along, which is similar to Marianne when she makes the Babysitter's Club all be friends again in... Which... Uh, Marianne and the New Girl, whatever the Dawn, Dawn book is called. Yeah, Dawn's yeah. first. I really, like, other than revealing Timothy to be Claudia's secret admirer, I did not understand the point of Alexandra. 
there wasn't really. I think I mean, they like, just needed something for Marianne because if you took if Alexandra is not a character, Marianne does basically nothing except for like one of the days she's with the triplets and Nikki and David Michael while they're hunting for treasure. Yeah, and like other than that, yeah. she would have nothing to do. I mean, but she still had nothing to do because Alexandra was worthless. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I yeah, it you was could just definitely like, like cut that. Story when we got to out. the end and like the whole resolution, like I guess maybe to your point, like <laughs> they're not going to get into a deep deep dive of like how she felt betrayed by the fact that this person shared losing a parent, like right. Yeah, that is really fucked up. Like I really wish that, that back and I really wish that. that Marianne had let her have it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so for everyone a- listening, Alexandra, when Marianne first meets her, says that she's an orphan. Both of her parents are di- have died, and she's on this cruise alone. Which Marianne maybe be a little bit more realistic, but Marianne realizes for the first time that she's essentially half an orphan, and like shares that with Alexandra, and they sort of bond over it. Mm-hmm. And the but fact that too- Alexandra is later revealed to have both her parents and a brother. Yeah. And that's, like Katie's saying, like, that was never addressed. Which, to her credit, Alexandra says it first. Like, she's styled this um, backstory of being an orphan before she finds out that Marianne lost her mom. Yeah. So she's not, like, a sociopath. Right. Or, like, trying to, But like, she also doesn't say, oh, just oh, kidding. Oh, sorry, right. I, I like to get attention. Or, you know, my parents are famous and I don't. I don't like being ignored, so I try to, like, get attention this right. way. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to, like, you know. Yeah. But, again, she's also, like, a 13, 13. 14 And I can, I, I know myself at that age, and I would like to make up sort of outlandish stories. Mm-hmm. And I I can absolutely see myself accidentally doing that, like, making up a story that then butted up against someone else's real tragedy. Mm-hmm. And not knowing how to... Back it off. Back off of that. Right. Um, so that I... I uh, that ranked true to Which me. is fine. Yeah. But I really wish Marianne would have let her have it. Yeah. Of, just about that part, like, hey. It would have it would have felt like there was a purpose for her. Like, Marianne, like. Confronting that yeah. not everybody has the best of intentions yeah. at, at all times, like we talked about. And not, I guess that's not even fair. It's not having bad, she didn't have bad intentions, like I said. She wasn't a sociopath, like, yeah. trying to bond with Marianne over by claiming her parents are dead. I feel like that would have been even worse. Yeah. Um. But, but there is no, Marianne is just so fine with yeah, her. Yeah, I, like, I know that she, she admitted that, like, I'm not going to follow up with her because, like, I couldn't trust her. But, like, even pretending that she was going to, it's like, no, punch her in the face. Yeah, she deserves. Not physical violence. Nah, there but, deserved more of a. Yeah, uh, at least a conversation. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess the point is she's not one of our girls, so she doesn't, it's not really about her learning the lesson, it's about Marianne learning the lesson. Mm-hmm. But it could have been an opportunity for Marianne to, like, have You're a bit more of, like, strong feelings backbone yeah. like that. and stand up for herself. And I think that would have been an important lesson or a modeling yes, behavior. Yes, absolutely. Like, if someone treats you poorly, you have the ability to say that, and not even, like, you need to learn from this, Alexander, but, like, you hurt me by making me feel like I had a connection to you because you didn't tell me you mm-hmm. had made up the story about having no parents. Right, and yeah. that hurt me retroactively when I discovered that I had shared this piece of myself with you that is actually true and you were lying. Well, yeah. and it's also something that, like, maybe for kids, like, who are in, like, that fib, white lie area, like, you think that your lie has no repercussions right. and it doesn't, mm-hmm. like, reverberate out. But in the wrong context, it can really seriously hurt people. Yeah. Um... That's true. I, I like that idea that it's that maybe we can have some 
uh, we'll eventually see some more Cookie Mason type actual antagonist mm-hmm. creatures mm-hmm. to to start teaching some of those lessons. But the problem is that if Cookie never learns a lesson, I guess the girls can keep learning because well, we would never do what Cookie does. Yeah. Know. Well, and I mean, and I if she is she... truly a sociopath like Kate insists, <laughs> then she won't ever learn the lesson. I, you guys, when we get to Christie's mystery admirer, I am so excited. She for this book. is a fucking sociopath. I'm, I'm. I'm sorry I say it every episode. I know I do. But, like, some of this shit... And although I will say, I think she does learn her lesson by the end of that one. So I do think she learns some lessons. And I don't think that Koki's in every book once she shows up. So it's not going to be, like, a consistent, Koki's the bad one in this mm-hmm. one, and yeah. she doesn't learn anything in the next one. You know, like... Well, because a lot of them, there really isn't an antagonist. There's a There's just, situation. like, something that's yeah. happening. Yeah, where it's not, um, where it's not, like, them versus... It's not the Babysitter's Club versus... Whoever. Whoever. Yeah. It's, um... And I think part of my inclination to to read it that way or to, to, to like, sort of set things up that way is because so much of... Um, especially my early pop culture fandom was around like Buffy or Charmed or where it was, mm-hmm. you know, like them it's, versus right. something, a monster of the week each week or some kind of case or some um, trial or tribulation yeah. um, that then that they learned and grew and that built on each other. And these just don't mm-hmm. have that. Well, and that's also, you were older when those mm-hmm. came out. So it's a much more mature like approach to problems. Whereas this is very much the full house mentality of it, you first have to deal with situations and then you can deal with people, essentially. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, I love that. It's a building. So, are there any sort of last? Yeah, I was going to say any standouts since we're getting up to an hour and a half here. I know we were going to do longer since it's a super special, but we don't want this to be like three hours long. It could so, be. any um, questions, um, comments, concerns? Christy was a numpty when it came to. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, well, I'm sorry. What numpty? What the fuck is a numpty? I don't know. It just felt right. Um, <laughs> so you just made up a word for no, what? I've pretty sure heard it's a word. I've heard the word um, numpty before. I, I've literally never heard that. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm pr- I either, like, watched something recently or read something, and I'm pretty sure it's, a like, stupid, a Britishism. It is. Stupid, ineffectual person. Like, when it comes to the Scottish. gift. And also, uh, both her and Don, but I felt m- maybe more so Christy, were so fucking petulant when yes. it came to yes. that. And it annoyed me to no end. When she dumped I, out so the I really, fucking Fritos yes. in the hotel So room. I just wanted to clap for Claudia. I'm like... Yes. Go, Claudia. Like, just forcing them to, like, yes. get along. I was like, good, good. Yeah. I would have... was the worst. Yeah. Especially because you do have to acknowledge, Christy, uh, yeah, maybe Dawn is a little overly tidy, yeah. but absolutely the more socially acceptable version is hers and not yes. yours. Yeah. You're well, the one also, in the... that's fine that you can't, like, for a few days, whatever... But don't be messier just to piss her off. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah that's like, just like... But acknowledge that, yeah, you might not be as nice as her, but hers is the better version of it. Yeah. So you need to right. sort of come to her level rather yeah. than try to pull her to yours. Because, it's, again, it's not just about Dawn. Those fucking Fritos, some poor working person right. has to clean that yeah. up. The, the, that's not on some fancy vacation with their bazillionaire stepfather. Right. Yeah. You entitled 13-year-old jackass. Petulant. Um, Accurate. Um, I did appreciate that Dawn says I couldn't care less. Yes, she got people it right. saying I could care less Drives me is bonkers. one of my biggest pet peeves. So that I that in any she... way and any ways, those are my two mm. uh, verbal or literary gra- grammatical, I guess. Whatever. Oh, I just I was scrolling through my notes to see anything. Syntax so in 
the thing that I referenced being changed that I texted oh, Laura yes, about yes, while yes. I was reading. So when Mallory is spying on people at the Magic Kingdom the first day, she's describing various families, groups that she sees. She sees a family that is or not a family, a group that is being loud and happy. And she says, I think they're retarded. And that is thankfully taken out later. Yeah. But I I was as I was reading, I like took a picture of the page and I sent it to Lauren. I was just like, oh boy. Like, yeah, that was... Yeah. I mean, clearly of its time, right? we have learned but a lot. But even at that men. time, I remember we were definitely the generation where that changed. Like, I remember that. Yeah, but, 1988 but 1988 was not versus when that 1994 happened. when you're right. reading this. Like, right. it's a different... You're right. Because even since then, like, the, like, um, you know, like, the boards have changed. Like, it's like the Board of Mental Retardation. Now it's the Board of Mental... Uh, Developmental yeah, disabilities. disabilities. Like, the, the language has changed yeah. at least twice since you're right. that was... Yeah. Acceptable. Well, and at least here she was not using it as like a negative, a description. Okay. So she using it, she as was a... using it essentially the way that it was intended to be used. But like, it's just it's, it's not just jarring. outdated, outdated terminology yes. for it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's um, uncomfortable reading that now from this perspective yeah. for sure. Jarring. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is so unimportant, but it it made me laugh out loud. Um, when Claudia is finding out, um, when Timothy's coming clean, or, well, his sister ratted him out. forced to come clean. And she has what, to me, felt like a very uh, Cordelia moment, like just saying what's right on her mind. So he, um, she's like going back and forth about how how do I feel about this? He, she's like, he, he did lie to me. His, his intentions were good, but he did lie to me. And then it just says one sentence, I felt fooled. And then the next line is, I feel fooled, I told him. <laughs> I, I read and that I a couple times and just kept laughing because I thought it was so, so funny. Hard. I felt fooled. I felt New line. I feel fooled, I told him. And that just so reminded me of um, the episode of Earshot of Buffy when mm-hmm. she can hear their thoughts and like everybody's like what, what they're saying versus what um, they're actually saying out loud. And Cordelia's like, this has nothing to do with me. Why am I here? And then immediately she says out loud, this has nothing to do with me. Why am I here? <laughs> and I, and <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, one thing I thought was funny when Karen and David Michael and Andrew go to the character breakfast with Watson and Edie, um, Karen says that they took all, they ate all, Andrew and David Michael and Karen ate all the chocolate donut holes on the table and left the cinnamon ones for Edie and Watson. And I was just like, what is it with kids not liking the cinnamon sugar donuts? Like they are just as sugary, just as delicious. But like, I remember my brother and I were the same way. It was like, give me all the chocolate. And you know what? The thing is, I, but it's still sugar. Yeah. I liked the cinnamon ones. So I always got them because Uh, everybody wanted the powder ones. Um, not the powder ones, the chocolate, chocolate ones. ones. I did not want the powdered ones. ones either. Oh, I, I only I liked, wanted the chocolate I, ones. I, I did not want the chocolate ones. I wanted the powder and I wanted the cinnamon. Um, I wanted powder, glazed, and chocolate. I wanted all well, of them. Well, glazed was not an option yeah, here. Glazed, yeah. Yeah. glazed was first choice. Chocolate yes. was second. Cinnamon was third. Powdered sugar was last. I think mine was glazed. Cinnamon and powdered were pretty... No, it was probably powdered than cinnamon. And then chocolate was distant. Um... But I really liked fritters. I liked apple fritters. Mm, um, yeah. That was my always. My grandpa used to take me at, uh, when I lived in Toledo. There was an orchard right by our house. And they had amazing cider and fritters and mm, stuff. Yeah. And he used to take me, and they'd be warm. Oh, it's the best. Um, but that does remind me. So that was part of our upgrade too. Is we did get the character breakfast at Disney. Far less intrusive than a Taz tuck in, apparently. <laughs> Stop saying tuck in. <laughs> I, I hate it. it so I much. I had to do it. I had to do it. Oh my god, um, I'm gonna have nightmares. <laughs> um, 
we went back to, uh, going back to Katie being so terrified of the ghost like Karen. I um was I went, I had the, I had just as strong of a reaction but the opposite way. I was so excited about the ghost and then I was very disappointed that it didn't continue to follow us. How old were you? 5. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, oh no, I loved it. I was like, oh, "Cool." Cuz I I think I, we we got one of the ha- I think we got the big fat dumb happy one. The like yeah. Well, the like, ghost didn't scare me. It was my mom disappearing that scared me. I thought that was cool. It I was don't my, think it does that. Anymore. It wasn't my brother. It, it, it was my, maybe it never did. Maybe I, I don't know. I, I don't remember think this. that it did. I am remembering this because it was not. Maybe it was a Kings Island thing. Maybe it wasn't. The, the, you don't disappear in the haunted mansion. You have a like a ghost with you. I remember the hitchhiker ghost, but I also vividly remember being in a in a thing like that and sitting with my brother. And in the mirror, my brother was no longer there. It was something with the, you're right. It was the angle of like and the, and Kings Island did have a similar like haunted haunted thing. But I loved that ride. Like it's the whole reason I learned how to play Takata in D minor because that creepy organ guy, guy while yeah. you're in the line. So I have no idea, but that's it but that was that but came I later see, too. That haunted that house was a later. That came later. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if maybe it was like an earlier version of that from when we were really little. That yeah, that I, I don't remember because I I do I very clearly remember it was Dustin and he disappeared because I remember joking the rest of the day. Yeah, why couldn't he have stayed missing? And it definitely <laughs> there's definitely nothing at Disneyland because I didn't go there till I was 18. So like there's no confusing the two. And I only ever went to Disney World once. So. I've been a number of times. Kate's been lots more. Uh, Kate and Jeff do Disney travel all the time now. Yes. Um, well, we don't always go to Disney World or Disneyland. Right, we go Disney. through Adventures by Disney because I don't have time to plan a vacation like your mom. Exactly. <laughs> and they do it good. Nor, or, no, I, and by good, I mean well. well. <laughs> I was going to say, to be fair, it's for me it's less time and more inclination and patience. <laughs> See, I, when I, because uh, I didn't really plan any vacations until Jeff and I started going on vacations after we started dating. And, like, back at the beginning when my life was a lot less stressful at work, I was, like, all about planning. I loved finding, like, we'd be like, okay, let's go here. And then I'd, like, plan everything out. I'd find all the cool things to do, all the fun things. And I'd, like, book it all and we'd be good. But then eventually it got to the point where I was like, let's go to, you know, Ireland. And I'd be like, I don't have time to figure out all the places in Ireland we should go. Right. And, like, Figure out the week that I just works best. Buy like, a Rick Steves book. That's how I do, do that. it too. Yeah, but which I really don't. sucked because I had to use your stuff for China because Rick Steves hasn't been to China. Go to fucking China, Rick Steves. <laughs> you heard it here. You first. heard it first. Katie calling out Actually, Rick no, Steves. no, I've been there already. Please go to Thailand, Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia. Okay, okay, you've heard you. it here second. <laughs> Rick Steves, Rick get Steves, on it. get on it. So I love my mom loves Rick Steves. So I love Rick Steves. That but that she was always obsessed. But as a kid, I would always get um, Rick Steves and um, Rick D's in the weekly top 40 mixed up. Do you remember? I mean, I know that jingle, but... It was, he took over for um, Casey Kasem. Oh, After see, Casey I, Kasem, because I loved the Casey I don't Kasem think countdown. I ever listened to it live. I think I always listened to it on one of the oldie stations that was playing old Casey Kasem. So, like, yeah. I have no idea who Rick D's is. Um, no, so it was, it was Casey Kasem. When he retired, it was... It became Rick D's. Rick D's in the weekly top 40. That's wrong. I don't Please know why don't I remember it that. Um, it is burned into my brain. But I used to love this. And I would listen and I wanted to know what was number one. And I would like, I think I had a notebook at one point. Oh, boy. Um, but know, I would love Casey Rick Kasem. Steve's is a giant pothead. Interesting. Didn't yeah. know that. Because he lives in Oregon. He's a big proponent of legalization. My so guy. I take everything with a grain of salt. <laughs> Other than the food make recommendations. <laughs> Um, okay, <laughs> so now that we've gotten even more off now topic. We know, now we know all about Rick, 
Rick, Rick Steves, Steves, not, not Rick, Rick D's. Rick D's. <laughs> um, Rick but, D's sounds like a porn star. I, no, it's Rick D. Rick, because it's D's. Oh, because that's it. Like, okay. Rick no, D. I think it is D-E-E-S. Is it? Yeah. So D's is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's Rick D-E-E apostrophe S. I thought that's what it is. Okay, I think that's time. I think that's it's, a cue for us to okay. wrap up. I need um, more coffee. Katie, just now, I really hope you all hear her little asides because just in case you missed this one, she just quietly turns off one. Rick D's nuts <laughs> started cracking up. So um, I still live in my own little world. Yep. That's, oh my goodness. That's. Um, I'm so glad you guys are all getting to experience the wonder that is Schneller. Again, either you're gonna love this or hate it. I love it. Um, any like fashion? Don borrows an outfit from Claudia lavender. That is all lavender. All yeah. lavender. Horrific. Stacy's outfit was cute. I don't remember. Stacey's. I don't remember Stacy's either. I remember um, Claudia, Claudia has a cute outfit. Maybe yeah. that's the one. I'm yeah. So of. Claudia's outfit. She's got her snake I, bracelet again. Yes. I put on my new blue and white bikini, and yes. over that, a pink sundress with spaghetti straps at, at the shoulders and big blue buttons down the front. Then I accessorized. I tied a pink and blue scarf around my waist, knotting it in the middle, added my steak bracelet and feather earrings, wound my hair up on top of my head, and finally put on these white sandals with long laces that you crisscross up your legs and tie in a bow. Yeah, that was cute. (coughs) And Um, then Dawn's outfit. Oh, yeah. This is the outfit Claudia helped me choose. A white tank top under lavender overalls, lavender push-down socks, lavender high-top sneakers, and a beaded Indian belt, which which we looped droopily twice around my middle. In my hair, we put lavender and white clips that looked like birds. So I, I thought think, they were just any kind of bird, yeah. but Claudia swore up and down that they were birds of paradise. I think Who knows? Claudia doesn't like Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> that is awful. I mean, so as much as we love Claudia, some of her outfits are, are awful. questionable. She would wear that too. Yeah, I I feel like as an artist, she would think that that's too monochromatic. I don't know. There my would be sister, some sort of contrast somewhere. I don't know. My sister is an That's artist, and she Indian really loves like like monochrome. Monochromatic can and, be very sleek and sophisticated. That is like a travesty and a nightmare of epic proportions. Very true. I do. Um, also, I hate pastels. So, ugh. well, and we don't know what shade of lavender it is. And like lavender in the eighties was the. It's like Laura Ashley. Like yeah. See, but like lavender could be like a darker, like a grayish. Like, yeah, like it doesn't have to be That's like moth. pastel. Okay, this is a babysitter's club book. She's not going to She's use an artist. She knows insane. her colors. <laughs> okay, oh, but Anna Martin is writing this and Dawn is describing it. And she it's just horrifying. means it's a lighter shade of purple. That doesn't necessarily mean which gradient of purple it is. The pastel is still disgusting. <laughs> okay. Lavender is not necessarily like baby pastel. Okay. Well, how I'm envisioning this in my brain, I sincerely believe that Dawn, that Claudia might not like Dawn. <laughs> And it's just, it's just sickening. Sickening. Um, also sickening is, uh, right below that is the description of what Parker is wearing, and it is exactly what you would envision that douchebag to be yes. wearing. Yes. Blue and white polo shirt, white tennis shorts, and loafers with no socks. Yep. yep. I was like, that tracks? Boat shoes would have been the Boat only shoes. better, yeah. like, thing. If Sperry's were a thing back then. They were. Well. Like, my neighbor who fished a lot wore them. Gotcha. I, on an actual boat. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, they were not, like, fashion things. That's no. Like, they were just for when yeah. you were on a but boat. But people who, like, own yachts and go on, like, boats and stuff back then would have had them. That's true. Um, I think those were my my big things. I didn't really have anything else. I, it was just fun for me to read this because it was definitely taking me back to my big red boat experience. Um, I did have a boat crush. 
um, <clears throat> we we were we were boyfriend girlfriend on the boat and kept up notes for a little while and then he had a it, there were three it was two girls and a boy and we hung out the whole time on the boat um, very much similar to the triplets getting into our own little adventures like making up side quests for us to to do we kept trying to we the only place in the boat we weren't allowed were the bars which we weren't really interested in because it was during the day and it looked really boring um but the casino it, that mm-hmm. was more exciting because there was lots of like, you know drinking games. Games, mm-hmm. and people were in there and noises it games yeah exactly so we would always try to like sneak in and we tried every i love lucy bit under the sun <laughs> like oh that's our mom over there or oh we're just passing through like they were very on top of it and I did enjoy the I Love Lucy reference in this book. Yeah. They've referenced Lucy a number of times mm-hmm. in these books. Which, again, tracks for me because I loved I Love Lucy mm-hmm. at that Nick age. Nick at Night. Was yep. On Nick at Night quite a bit. Um, which is terrifying to me now that... It's like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Is their version of I Love Lucy. And it tracks in terms of timeline. I mean, yeah. And it, that just... Um, Embrace the old. Yeah. Uh, well, I have to. My I'm 35 in days. Um... Which is wild, but let's not end on that note. Actually, I'm not, I'm, I don't know. I'm not upset about it all. I'm kind of excited. Um, mostly because I took the day off and I like. Oh, that's good. <laughs> like, oh, I'm just going to have a nice day. Don't and I? it's a Friday. Yeah, exactly. Um, 2020 is kind of lit in terms of lit. Oh my God, I'm going to cut that out. No, you're not. That you life. have to keep that gonna in. I'm going to have to own that You have forever. to own that. I was thinking of the meme that said that and I was like going through my brain because they said. It was Valentine's Day is Friday, um, Cinco de Mayo is on Taco Tuesday, which is problematic on a lot of levels, but people were very excited about it. Um, I think St. Patrick's Day is also a Friday. Christmas is a Friday. Christmas is a Friday. Like, all the big, like, Fourth of July is a weekend or something. Mm-hmm. Like, all the big holidays are um, anything you would might, that, not big holidays necessarily, but anything you might celebrate yeah. um, is at a good time for it this year. Uh, which is kind of fun. Woo. 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 Okay. Um, well, speaking of fun, I think that's all the fun I have for this one. I agree. Katie, any last, like, thoughts as your first appearance on the podcast? Mm, Jazzy out. Jazzy out. <laughs> well, before Jazzy is completely out, Kate had a brilliant idea this morning. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> as a way to make our super specials a little bit more special. So we're we're going to bring in guests for the super specials, like... And, Probably approach them more like this, a little bit more yeah. of a hangout conversation. But what we would like to do is ask our very special guest to share with us one of their favorite books. And, and I, you don't have to tell us right now what you yes. would choose. But essentially, a book from your childhood, like when we were and you were... Oh, it doesn't have to be... No, so, oh, okay. what I, so like we're talking about Babysitter's Club because that was the book that we... I yeah. mean, obviously we wrote a lot of other things, but like that was the thing that we like most identified with when we were like, you know, 8 through 12, we'll say. Mm-hmm. So like whatever your like favorite book or like a book you want to revisit with us from that time frame... That's we'll what, you, so we'll have you come back. We'll mm-hmm. all read the book and we'll have you come back and that'll Ooh. be a very special episode with you as a guest where we talk about that book. I'm going to have to ask my mom because there's a few that come to mind, but like she would probably know which one I like picked up the most. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like the actual one you read the most, but like if there's one that like jumps out that you're like, mm-hmm. I really love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right now I'm thinking Harriet the Spy, but I think part of that is because it like it reminded it, you of it. It was referenced right. in here, and that definitely was one, but um, 
But this will give us a way, we figured, to engage with the people who, like we said, we do have absolute intention of bringing on people who have never read a babysitter's right. book before. And to then share, we got to be nice to them. Do we know anyone who did that? Oh, yeah. My brothers. Yeah, like Jeff. Jeff. Eric. <laughs> See, I think those are going to be the ones that are more entertaining. <laughs> yes. Not that this wasn't entertaining, but like, for we'll be like, you have never read a Babysitter's Club book. Please Jeff come is in gonna and be talk so about it. so angry at oh. these books. <laughs> yes. It's going to be hysterical. But then that'll give us an opportunity to engage with something that maybe we wouldn't have otherwise yeah. thought to read and talk about. Well, okay. I'm excited because cool. I, I, I want to hear about some of the ones that I know were my sort of oversight ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I... I really did like the Boxcar Children. I loved Nancy Drew. Was never really a big Hardy Boys. I read a couple of them and they were fine, but I was much more interested in Nancy Drew. So, like, I'd love to hear somebody talk to me about how much they loved Hardy Boys. Or, mm-hmm. um, I feel like there was a horse series that some girls oh, I think there were. Too. Was Misty of Chincoteague. That was one of the, that is the only one of those books that I read. And I read it several times. I had a cousin I'm, who was really into horses. So I'm I think she probably I'm pretty sure there was like, it was like a very similar to the Babysitter's Club, but they were like horse girls. And they like, oh, met yes. at like there, stables. Yeah, there was that. What were the books that like, you would get like a necklace with it. Oh yeah. Uh, the shoes, the ballerina shoes yeah. one. Oh, I love those. I don't know what that is. Um, I did find, I, I posted this on Twitter, but <laughs> I, I find it. Okay. When I was I trying to remember necklace. this tapping teeth book, I finally found it. It's called something queer is going on. Um, not that, not my kind of queer, uh, queer as in like mystery, but, um, I found it on eBay and I, I definitely bought a copy. I was very Thanks. excited to, to track that down after all this time. But yeah, so think about it. So you will definitely see Katie Scheller again and we they won't see me. Well, hear from Katie yes. Scheller again, and I would be shocked if we didn't invite her back more, multiple times, as long as many times as she will have us. Exactly. Okay. We well then. That was fun. Any final club business? Uh, when you remind people how to get a hold of us, um, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Generation BSC or email us at generationbsc at gmail dot com. Does Katie Schneller, do you want to share where you can find you on the internet? Not a chance. Okay. Sounds good. So All right, then, Jason Manzoukas. With, with that, I'm Kate Vlasic. And I'm Lauren Hunter. And this episode of Generation BSC is now adjourned. Say hello to your friend, babysitter.